Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yes, what I guess we've got today. I've been on him like a League Two fullback for months, man. Martin, welcome. Thanks for coming on, mate. No worries. Cheers, lads. It's been a pleasure. Looking forward to it. Uh, what I was going to say, mate, you're looking tremendous, by the way. That's the best I've seen you. You've grown the band that a bit. Yeah, it's, it's a lockdown look, isn't it? Apparently, I've had the hair banding and everything. I've been copying off window, so... <laughs> mate, do not copy him on anything, man. <laughs> I know, mate. you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I messaged him. I messaged him every Rangers player that comes on. I messaged him, and he he's gave me a full rundown of you, of you, player, person, every man. Has he? Yeah, he better said, better said some good stuff, has he? I need to ask you as well, mate. I've admired you for far for a while because that physique, mate. Their shoulders, man. What are you? What are you benching? Mate, you're not going to believe this. I I don't do weights. I don't do upper bodies. So I generally couldn't tell you what me. They want rep maxes. I, I don't know. I don't do it. So, so what do you do then? Just press ups yourselves? No, no. I just do leg weights. To be honest, like and like like compound moves, like leg press, squatting, RDLs, and that just kind of maintains the rest of my body. So I'm quite, I'm quite fortunate. To be honest, like I can't lie, I get away with it. So, mate, do you watch John Taraj? Do you watch John Taraj? Yeah, yeah. I'm like Johnny Drama when I look at your class. The coffee plants. <laughs> Go away, there's, there's a few of them lads around. Ask where's Fodrin him. <laughs> <laughs> mate, they have toothpicks in there. Couple of toothpicks oh, in there. Mate, funny. We used, to, we used to absolutely batter a lot of them. So mate, he hates man. it as well, doesn't he? He hates it, yeah, man. He hates it. He hates it. Funny, man. Uh, like I'm going to say as well, mate, £9 million man. <laughs> That's tremendous, by the way. See if somebody yeah. got me for £9 million, quid, I would be Billy Big Bollocks, man. Nah, I don't be daft, man. It's football, isn't it? It's the way, it's the way it goes. It happens. Fortunate enough to to get myself in that position, do you know what I mean? To, to look after my family and that. So, very, very grateful for that for that chance. So, can't complain. You've got the shoulders to handle that £9 million price tag, young man. I'd love you to fling me <laughs> a boot. If I came to the derby, would you just fling me a boot for a night? Yeah, I, I, I try, eh? Like, I'll give you the best go. Tremendous, right, mate? We'll get on to the Korea. You're from South Shields. Right. What was uh, what was that bringing like there? Is it quite rough? Yeah, <laughs> some places I don't get as wrong like everywhere, but like it's quite a coastal town, so I was fortunate to like have a, a nice beach and that. We used to go up the fair, bit of crack with the lads, and 
have a bit of fun, you know what I mean? But where I grew up, it was mainly parks, footy, and um, play, play, play footy with my pals every day, every night, in from school until I hit my mouth shout first for my tea to go back go back home. So that's kind of my upbringing, proper council, council stayed, group of 10, 12 lads playing footy every night, which is, which is good. Did you play football on the beach? Ah, uh, sometimes. Mate, that's right. That's, that's when you got the calves, man. That's, that's when you got the calves. I think that's where I got my touch from. Bouncing <laughs> 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 everywhere. <laughs> Tremendous. Um, so when did Sunderland pick you up? Was it just playing for a local boys club? Yeah, so my dad, my dad managed a, a local team in, in South Shields. It was, it was bold and bold and cult it was. And, uh, I played from them for when I was six years old, seven. And then I got picked up by by Sunderland when I was seven, ten, and eight year old, and kind of never looked back really. It was it was local for me. It was it was a great opportunity, and yeah, it was it was, it was a good chance to go and play football at a, at a better level. Mate, I always wondered this. Like, see when a, a player plays under his dad, was he yeah. was the team instructions just to pass the ball to Martin? Yeah, pretty much kicking to me. I used to I used to believe it or not, I used to be quite quite fast back in the day so just kicking them behind get on the end of it and stick them in the back of the net was kind of the, the, the team model oh, back then so it was good, it was good fun nice and easy <laughs> he's quite hard on you your dad oh he's quite quite tough like on a match day you'd be alright with this but as soon as I would get old that, was, that wasn't good enough this wasn't good enough and straight in the garden practicing on more stuff what a chance I'd missed or something I'd done wrong in the game back in the garden when I got home and, and worked on it so it was, it was good. We, we, we bonded a lot like that. We had a we had a big garden, fortunate enough, and he, he taught us a lot of a lot of the stuff that I, I know today. So yeah, grateful for, for the, the chance he gave us. And see on that as well. You said that you went into Sunderland Academy at seven or eight. Like there's a lot of talk up here if that's a good or a bad thing going into an academy that young. Do you think yeah. it helped you as a kid? Um, I think it helped us back then. Yeah. I, I I do, but now going forward, listen, my boys in in the like the the early stages is of the Derby Academy, and it's great. It gives them the platform to to better his skills and and develop his technique, or whatever. But I do think there's a time and place of of how early you do get kids in the academies because it's it's long, it's 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 tough, and you know you know what it's like. Football's football's a tough industry to get in. And I think the earlier you start, you could maybe lose sight and lose track of the end goal if you've been in there for a while and you get kids come in 14, 15, hungry and ready to go and they progress really quick because they the, the, the missed out on all that progression mm-hmm. when I think some kids can get comfortable in the environment now so I think it's a, I think it's a toss up of how, how young and how early you do get into it and how much you, you're willing to progress your child and push your child going forward Right, be honest, were you a Sunderland fan? I was a Sunderland fan, yeah. I was, I was a United fan, a Man United fan, and a Sunderland fan. It's funny enough, but before I got signed for Sunderland, I used to be at like a, a Man United school of excellence kind of thing. It was basically just like a, a sideshow event of a Man United academy, and it was based in Sunderland. I used to go to there like twice a twice a week, and uh, I managed to go to the, the old Man United training ground. I met all the the legends, Michael Beckham, Gates, all them lot, watched them train. In the um, autographs afterwards, and that's kind of how I got to be a United fan. Um, then I joined Sunderland, and kind of that dream disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please tell me, please tell me that Kevin Kyle was not your hero growing up. Nah, I, obviously I, I played played under him. Like uh, I was a youth team player back then. I, I trained with him a few times. I actually cleaned Kevin Kyle's boots for for a period of time. Oh, way, man! Uh, yeah, so don't shit all over him. 
<laughs> nah, there's a few headers. Nah, I think he, I think he had his feet up his head at some point. Yeah, but, <laughs> nah, how was how was Kev with the young boys, man? He was alright, you know. He, he, he gave him a bit of stick and that as as they all did back then. Um, but I actually, I got on I got him well. Then he was he was, a, he was a good lad and he did, he did actually well for Sunderland during that period of time that we we needed we needed to win games and get work where we need to be. So he's he's actually a good player for him. Oh, be honest, I bet you hundred percent he's a shite tipper. He's tight as cram, man. Was he? <laughs> I I didn't I didn't know him back then. I was I was too young to to like get to know him on that kind of level, but. But did he give you a few quick including his boots? No, no chance. I, I think, looking back now, I, I probably got done over. To be honest, I probably got a high five or a handshake or <laughs> an old T-shirt that he had. <laughs> but no, nah, I, 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 I didn't get looked after like that, unfortunately. Amazing. Uh, Academy days are the best, mate. What was it like uh, at Sunderland? But uh, was Kevin Ball a coach in there? Because he's yeah. like renowned for being a tough, tough guy. Yeah, was he like that with the young boys? Yeah, it was class. It was, it was unbelievable pace. To, we we were fortunate. We had the, the the brand new academy built in 2003. I think it was. So it was, back then it was probably one of the better academies in the whole of the whole of Europe, apparently. And um, to play under somebody like him took no nonsense. I remember going to the first team a couple of times, come back down. He's like, I don't care who you are, you've not made it yet, you're back with the boys now, you, you, you graft again and you give her real fundamentals in, in playing for a team and playing for a group of lads willing to work for each other day in, day out and honestly mate, it was class, we had we had such a good team, so many good laughs and yeah, it was, it was brilliant, probably one of the, the best days and I was fortunate to, to, to be in that academy, like I know some people find it difficult at times living away from family or whatever but I was fortunate with the group of lads we had. It was, it was good crack. Would Kevin, would Kevin Ball treat like first team players? Like, would he go through you even at a young age? Oh, mate, he'd smash her. He would absolutely nail her. Like, I remember, I remember one of the boys. He played. He, he, he scored a wonder goal first team into the game. Right, right. This right back runs down the wing, stanches it, top bins, runs away, starts celebrating all this, and Ball like, all right, fair enough. Five minutes later, he gives the ball away, misses a tackle, and I think he gives away a foul, he goes at the goal. He drags him after 15 minutes, he goes, I don't care how good you think you are, get off my pitch and eat crap. <laughs> oh, man. I, remember the, I remember this boy trying, trudging off like this, thinking, oh, God, I've just scored a worldie, I've been dragged 10 minutes later. That, that's what it was like, he just kept everyone on his toes, he thought, no matter how good you were, just keep your level headed, and once you do, keep going, working hard, and focus on what's, what's important. You mentioned there that you were uh, you were up chairing the first team. I always ask who who was good with you in the first team and who, who was the ones that were on you constantly. Uh, <laughs> I always I always remember Kieran Richardson used to batter the boys. Like me and the lads now, we're, we're still talking about how hard he was. I remember going away like my first preseason away with the first team. So I'm I'm training, doing like a crossing and finishing drill. I'm obviously left footed crossing the balls. He goes waggy. He goes yeah, Kieran. He goes what foot are you? I goes, what left? He goes, well, start using it then. I'm thinking, oh, God, he's, he's dug us out in front of the whole team, the coach and stuff. I'm thinking, he's on me, yeah. So the next ball, I miss front post. Next one, I kick out of play. He goes, Maggie, get yourself on the right side. You might be better with your right foot. <laughs> and he, he was just one of them. Like, just, I'm guessing his level of demands from being at United, he just wanted players to just raise, raise the game and... Yeah, he was, he, he was quite difficult to try and impress, but he had players like 
Um, Paul McShane got on really well with Andy. The chairman The chairman yeah, he's, he's a good lad. Um, and just, uh, I think if pe- people, a lot of the team were, were good with you if you worked hard. I think that's kind of what Roy Keane at that time installed in the team. Like, if you weren't the work graph for each other, then you would, you would get on fine. And we were, we were technically all right players. I remember some kids coming up and just being way off it and Never, never seen again. <laughs> <laughs> How would Keane take to the boys that were miles off it? Would he tell them right there and then? Oh, he, oh mate, he would, he would batter them. It, it, honestly, it was painful at times. Luckily, I, I kind of got away with it. Touchwood, I never, I've ha- never had like a run in like that. But he used to come. You, 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 you train a mother. So, you, are you sure? Are you sure you you want to be here? And just do that patronising like question of, are you think you're good enough to be? You see the boy like shaking and trembling, <laughs> and that was that was them going on. It was it was painful at times, but that was just the way he is. And if you weren't ready to, I don't think it was like the technical side of it as much because he knows people had bad days. It was if they were willing to, if they weren't ready to run around and tackle. If he hated people not tackling, not getting stuck in. That was his, that was his pet hate. See, see how you said he was like that with younger boys as well. Would he be like that the first team, like the best players in the team as well, or would he would yeah. they just better leave it? The best players in the team. He was the best player in the team still. You <laughs> join, you join in training and like pop boxes, passing, passing drills, games, and everything. You still run the show because he, he, he was only what maybe two, three years being done. Then he was still, he was still right at it, just hungry, smashing the lads. He, um, it, it, it was funny. And, oh, maybe in the young kid, I'm thinking the managers nailing the boys here. Like, what do we do? So he, he just loved it. If, and if you laid one on them or Smashed one the first team that was like extra points. You were you were playing at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> would, uh, would any of the boys ever give him a go back? Oh, everyone fights a lot. Kavna, Graham Kavna, give him, used to be giving an order stick. I, I remember playing a Resi game once, and um, I, I mean, fortunately, I was I wasn't playing. We, we got absolutely battered off a local team, and um, he's called. He wasn't even at the game. He called me back with the academy after the game. It was like ten o'clock at night in the meeting room. Just I remember him just going through all the team saying, "Oh, this is crap," and I remember. Kavna saying, oh, listen, it was one of them games. So, like, this wasn't ideal. Boys were off at one by bar. And then and Kav going face-to-face with each other. It was, and it's like, as a young kid again, then simply on thinking, am I ready for this? I'm going to get knocked out by the manager if I don't, if I don't perform. So, it, it, it was fun, you know. Uh, he gave me your debut, though. Uh, could you tell he liked you quite quickly? Yeah, I, I always remember Bo, like Kevin Ball said, was like the gaffer likes the way where you play. Yeah, you you give hundred percent to the team. You work hard. You're I, I, I developed quite quick that season. So I, I, the first year scholarship, I was quite normal size, if, if that's what you're saying. Then the second year, I come back. I went to Malia in the in the off season, come back massive. <laughs> I don't know what happened in that in that week away, but um, I, I come back and I, I I just kind of developed as a player. I, I got quicker, I got stronger, I got a bit more powerful and I was scoring goals. And I think that's just kind of like how just aggressive it was with, and with, with the ball and without it. And the guy uh, Bowley at that time said, he likes just the way you are and, and who you are around the place. And he said he wants to train with you, wants you to train with the first team over the Christmas period. So I just thought kind of nothing of it really, do you know what I mean? Just kind of making up the numbers. And then um, I remember an hour and a half before the kick kickoff, he kind of just flips the board over nonchalant. He's like, "Yeah, this is the team." Wildcorn and Jones are for them. Looking, I'm thinking, "Is that is that me?" Like, no chance. I've just been texting my mum an hour ago. Like, I'll be home for Christmas dinner soon. Like, <laughs> I, I won't be long. 
And then that, I, ended up, I ended up playing the game and I remember him just saying to him, he says, listen, you've worked, worked really hard. I love your energy, I love your desire. He says, I know it's United, I know it's going to be a tough game, but you just go and do what you've been doing for the, the Indians and the reserves and you'll be fine. And, and, and that was it. Was your, so was your mum and dad leaving at the game? Yeah, they, were, so they, they came to the game, I got managed to get them tickets, they all, they all got there and yeah, it, was, it worked out a pretty, a pretty, pretty good day. And obviously, part, part of the result, it was, it was a good day for myself and me and my family. Obviously, you've played at a lot of levels. Like, how good? Who was it? Who was the two centre backs? Was it Ferdinand and Vidic? Ferdinand and Vidic, aye. How good are we talking? Mate, they were, these, were, these were on a different level. So I'm making runs and doing stuff, and they're there like five yards before us. I'm thinking, how, how are you even like that? That advanced? I'm, I'm thinking, I'm quite sharp, yeah. And I just remember the first five minutes of the game, the balls got played up long. It's when they go to Kenwin Jones, it's ended up me. And I just remember Vidic coming around, just clattering his right and his bugle. I'm thinking, oh my god, this is, this is the last thing I want Vidic headbutting his whole game. But it, 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 was, it, was, it was a great experience just to see how, how them boys play, the speed that they played at, the level of just like attention to detail was, was incredible, mate. So good, so good. How did you do, all right? I think I, I think I don't know. I, I got one of the match for Sunderland. So no way, did <laughs> Yeah, I got one of the match. And I, I remember, so at the end of the game, I got one of the match for Sunderland. Rooney got one of the match for United. So I'm I'm in the like, the press room upstairs waiting to do the speech. And I, I go to Rooney, I go, oh, thanks, thanks for that idea, Rooney. He's looking at us thinking, watch this key on. I was like, you just got us 45 points from your fantasy team. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think he scored and he got two assists or something. So he got a load of points. So I was buzzing he'd be captain. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you tell him that at Derby when he came? No, I, I, I've, I've done press. Yeah, like I've done stuff like that in the past and it's been mentioned stuff. I've not, I've not obviously told him again since. I think it'd be embarrassing if I told him again now. <laughs> Amazing, man. Uh, what did he say after the game? Did he like, praise you in the dressing room and that? No, he just he pulled. No, after the game, he was Keno was a he was a, he was a write off. You, you you can't have a chat with a gaff after the game. It's 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 not happening. So you you just waited a couple of days later and said, listen, bar the result, you were you were brilliant. You, you were you know tough. I was I played up front. I went the left wing. He says you, you done everything I asked for you. So I appreciate that and keep your head down. But I remember playing that game. The next day I had off. The Monday I was back training with the under 18s. Kevin Ball was like. I don't care what you've done yet. You're back with me now. So I was training with them again. So and you know what? I, I loved it. It was class. He kept us on his toes. He pushed words. It kind of made us the type of player I am now. Do you know what I mean? Just try and keep me head on the ground at all times and keep working hard. What's the, what's, can you remember the worst you've ever seen him go? Yeah, I remember. I think that we might be we might be in a way to Blackburn. I was on the bench. Was it Black? Yeah. And I, I think we're losing one nil half time. He comes in. He, there's this. <laughs> there's this um, tactics board in the, in the middle of the room and mate it gets volleyed so far across the dressing room he just lays it everyone you've got like people like sitting like this hands down he comes up smacks the hand round the heads are falling like this he, he's just completely gone and but he's slapping boys no so like he's like the lad's sitting like this and he slaps the hand away so like the arm's falling like <laughs> and I'm just thinking I'm, I'm sitting there please don't come for me I'm, I'm on the bench hoping that he doesn't come for me that's how bad it's getting the lads are like hiding from drinks bottles and stuff flying everywhere. But it was just it was just pure passion and I'm yeah. thinking I'm looking there thinking, I love this, like it's it's class. Do you know what I mean? Like this is what I, I like I want I wanna win, I wanna win games and he just pure raw emotion and wanted the best from everybody and if they weren't for it he was he wasn't frightened to tell you and I think that's kind of 
how I was taught with Kevin Bourne, who needed the Roy Keane, and they were kind of the same, same look. Just loved winning, loved winning games. That's the way a youth team manager should be, and like, get you ready for the first team, mate. Oh, mate, it, it, was, it was so important for us. You see, yeah. don't get us wrong, I, I know football's changed and no academies and the 23s and the development's changed. I do get that. But we were going from under-18 football to reserve team football and you had six or seven players that weren't playing on the weekend coming to the reserve team. One, they might have been injured. Two, they might have been pissed off that they weren't playing. Three, they might have been out of favour. So they were kicking lumps out of you. Not happy running around like they were trying to prove points trying to get in the team and like we're young kids having to deal with this and mm. it just got us ready so so much quicker than what I, I feel the under 23 league does at the minute we're playing first team footballers at 17 18 year old and it was it was massive for our development uh, sorry to keep going on but I'm just obsessed with my king but like have you yeah. when like Dwight York and Andy Cohen that came and yeah. they, they were teammates would, yeah. you, would you be friendly with them or would you hammer them as well no, he was hammering everyone. He, honestly, he, was, he wasn't bothered. And I think Yogi and Cole knew how he was and they just kind of got on with it. And like, I remember them always saying, because I used to do finishing drills with, with Yogi and Cole, and they used to be like, whatever you do, just keep your head down, keep working hard, because if you let slip once, you'll, you'll destroy and you won't be back up here. So I was kind of fortunate that I had people around us like that that would help us. And there were two, two great guys, to be honest. I was very fortunate to play with. Two heroes going up in mind watching watching United and yeah it was, it was class and I always kind of when I made when I was at the first team made sure I was I worked me nuts off. I mean I was I was always the first one out there last. I know it sounds daft and whatever, but as a young kid you had to make an impression and we were a, a, a small group of five six of that go from the academy up. We would always be first out doing the the babes, the balls and all that stuff. And he kind of just liked how we were as, as kids, kind of just doing what we needed to do for the team. So um, I think he always appreciated our little little kick that we had. Love that. Did you ever get an idea with him? Mate, I, I, nah. I, my dream, man. Nah, bastard. Because yeah, York's meant, York's meant yeah. I love it, isn't he? Yeah, part of, apparently so, right? But, <laughs> but yeah, I remember, I remember one, me and one of the other lads going on like a... It might have been before the... The, the, my debut, we went like doing like a warm weather training camp, whatever, for four or five days. And um, all the lads went the night out, but we had to, we were only 17, we had to come back before 10 o'clock or whatever. We're like, agent to stay out, all the lads say, No, I'll stay out, come on, we'll be fine. We got like one then, but that uh, look, lads, you know how we, we've got your back and all this, and thinking, Would we be all right here? Yeah, but if I knew fine well, walking in at 10 o'clock, when we came and sat there, and I'm thinking, I'm so glad we came back now because. Nice. It could have been. It could have been a whole lot worse. What he, was he saying? Waiting for you coming back? Again? Yeah, like the, the, well, the staff were just kind of having a drink at the bar. Do you know what I mean? I'm thinking if we turned up at like one in the morning. I <laughs> mean, I was thinking maybe with the bus off you a wee bit. Have you have you brought it? I, I think, looking back, I think you probably would have like appreciated like the banter side of it. But there and then, you're probably thinking as a seventy-year-old kid, you don't want to start doing it out out after. You know what I mean. Last question on him because we've had a few ex Sunderland boys that played under him on it and they've said if you're late, you're done, man. He hated it. Punctual, like punctuality, he was massive. Late for meetings, take on the training pitch, anything. It, he hated it. He said like it's not hard to get yourself on time, and I kind of agree with it. I, yeah. I, I do, I do agree with that. Like people turning up two, three minutes time late for meetings when you've been sat in the hotel for four hours. It's, it's yeah. not that hard to, hard to do. So, yeah, 
was there anyone? Was there anyone that would constantly be like Anthony Stokes? <laughs> That's what Ross Wallace said. That is uh, every every single meeting Stokes he was late. Every <laughs> Why week. would you be late every week for a Roy Keane meeting? It's just the way. Just you just you just turn up late. You'd have his cap on his earrings and say Stokesy, what you doing? 100 quid, 200 quid, 300 quid. I just remember the night numbers. Stokesy, you find me. You just be like, what? just made him sing like everything. Just every single meeting, Stokesy was there. Love that, man. Brilliant. Uh, right, mate, you've mentioned all the players that were there. Like, how tough is that for an academy kid to get in and be a regular ahead of guys like Andy Cole, Dwight York? Tough? Yeah, it was, it was very difficult because we, we did have a, a strong lineup. Maybe fortunately for me, they were coming to the end of the career. So, it was a bit easier to have that fresh energy, whatever. But you had your call. There was Cameron Jones. There was Gabriel Cisse, Michael Chopright, Darren Murphy. There was, there was a lot of experienced players there. And I, I don't know what this, this situation was, but looking back, players might have been out of contract, leaving, falling out of favour. And I just kind of took the opportunity. And I think what, what I've touched on, there was, there was a group of work. There was not just me individually. So I think he probably thought if I put two or three of them in together, they would work a bit better. And and we did, we all got the opportunities and we're looking back, I, I, I would like to have maybe stayed a bit longer, but that's football and it happens, you, you, you move on and you, you go, to, go to a different club. But we were we were very fortunate that time to play under what I say is like a, a great a great player, a great captain and what, what a good manager he wants to be. And I'm, I'm always grateful for that opportunity given. give us, do you know what I mean? Did you think Keane would go to the top as a manager? Honestly, Sorry? did you think he would go top level, Keen, as a manager? Yeah, because of the personality he was. You would, you would, you would automatically think that you would get to the very top because of what he's achieved in the game. But for one reason or another, he's not. He's not quite done that. Maybe I think he's. He's probably thought I've tried it and I don't really want to do it anymore or or whatever. But just as his desire to win, you probably would have thought you would have. You would have got to the very very top. Right, mate, you end up going it alone. Whose decision was that? Was it yours or was it the manager's? Um, at that time, it was I was playing for for the like the reserves. The and I think it was Neil Bailey, the, the like the reserve coach, reserve manager. Kevin Ball said, um, I, I would probably go and it was like the latter half of latter half of the season at Charlton. He's like, I'll probably go and get some games. Um, you've, you've played, made a debut, you've, you've played a few games, you've been in and out, but now it's probably time to go to that next level. And um, that's when Charlton came in. And then, don't, don't know, it was just before, just before I'd um, made my debut, just before the Christmas the following year. So I'd been in and out the first team, played played a few like resi games or whatever. And it was the October I got told Tottenham came in first and did I want to go and play and spoke to my agent like you do spoke to my family it was a long way to go for me but at that time me and me me and me, me now and my wife we just thought yeah let's let's go and try something different so we moved to London for three months and and that was it you're moving to London mate you're not wanting the wife to me yeah no no we, we, we only just got together and she was in the middle of uni and college whatever so we we were packing bags and Drove down to London, lived in the hotel for, <laughs> lived in the hotel for four months. So that was oh, good one. Uh, but where you found your feet was Leicester. Well, what was it about Leicester that, that made you play so well there? Um, I think it was the the, the manager and the, the staff. Do you know what I mean? They they were very. They knew a lot about my background. They knew who I was. The manager Nigel Pearson um, played up in up in the northeast with Middlesbrough. He, he, he had an affiliation with Newcastle, like. 
and Walsh, the, the, the scout that scouted us, knew a lot about us and that made us really feel welcome. Do you know what I mean? They, they knew who I was as like a player that found out a lot of stuff about how I play. And don't get us wrong, it took us a while to, to get into the team and play games, but for the development-wise, development they were a successful team the year before, just a couple more from League One. The, the club had an amazing stadium, the King Power Stadium now, and it was a great place to go and learn, and a mixture of youth and experience, and I made I made a lot of good friends there, which kind of helped us settle in really good. So, obviously, playing games was, was the most important thing for me then, and I managed to play overall, I think there's about 40-odd games that season, which was, which was crucial, crucial for me. Mate, Nigel Pearson looks like he can go as well, man. Going for Roy Keane and Nigel Pearson, is he just as... Yeah, it, 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 it was all right, to be honest. He's a, he's a lot more calmer than what I expected. I, I kind of heard stuff. When he went, he went, but it wasn't that often. He was a bit more bit more subdued, a bit more laid back, and he, he was great with me. So it was just like a little, his little son and brought us up and developed us into the player like I am now. He, he taught us a lot, him and his staff, and I learned a lot from the players I played with Stevie Howard, big Stevie Howard, a fellow Jodie, and we kind of work, kind of work well together. Was he is, is he a good laugh, Nigel Pearson? Because he said a couple lines in press conference that are quite funny to to journalists. Can he be quite? I, funny? I don't think he, he was meant to be as funny as what he meant to be, but yeah, he, he, he enjoyed a bit of banter and stuff like that. So I can't I can't complain. Yeah, he had a good good bit of crack with him. Mate, his hair's cut every day, man. Isn't it? Like, I've never seen him. With his haircut, man. Well, I'd say out of place, I know it's, it's up and straight every day, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure it's a Lego, um, we're doing the Lego attachment. I'm sure that's what I'm So, see, when you're, you're flying at Leicester, obviously, did you think we were going to go back to Sunderland and, and play in the first team? Um, well, that's kind of what the, the goal was. I remember yeah. uh, speaking to sort of Steve Bruce at the time, said, go and play, go and play some games, um, come back, and the plan is to, to, to bed into the first team. So, I had a successful year, uh, came back, went away pre-season, had a good pre-season uh, tournament, I scored a couple of goals. And the first uh, three or four games, I was kind of in the squad, I was getting on, making appearances, uh, made a start in the cup, and I thought, this is kind of like natural progression. And then all of a sudden, I remember deadline day, just <clears throat> me agent bringing us, saying, oh, someone want to, want to sell you. And at the time, um, I didn't think much of it, but... I spoke to Steve Bruce at the time and said, oh, we want to bring in a striker. Um, we can't kind of offload players that want to offload. We need to create some funds. Um, and there were, it was just kind of one of them things where I was having a good year, I was young, and they could, could get a bit of money in for us. So that was kind of, that was it. Didn't really have much of a say. And off I went. What, uh, what was Steve Bruce like? Because there's another Man United legend, mate. You must yeah, have been, you, you, he was all right. Like, I, again, I, I didn't really get to spend much time with him because I was out of Norm, come back for pre-season, and, and that was kind. That was kind of it. But yeah, he was another one. Kind of the, the basics were, were very important to him. Work hard, um, give you all for the team, and and he, he was in a bit of a transition. We were signing a lot of players, we were bringing a lot of players, and a lot of players were going out, out of contract. So I'm sure his head was probably all over the gaff. Probably last thing he's concerned with probably me. Do you know what I mean? So. I understood the decision. I wanted to stay there longer. I felt like I could have played in the first team up about now and give it a good good shot. But that's, that's life. And unfortunately, you had to move on. Right, mate. You signed permanently with Leicester and you play under the horniest man in the world, manager in the world, Sven Gordon Eriksson. Yeah. He's a very, very good guy. Very, very dry in his humour. Um, 
loved it, loved the bet being footy, five pound goals and all this, five pound games and all this. But did he? Yeah, like every game, every five side in the game was for five pound. And if your team, your team won, you had to get five pound from every player. I just love competition again, but completely different to do who I worked in there. Very, um, very relaxed, very laid back. Um, and again, we were Leicester. So that that time we were, we were just being taken over by the new owners. Um, sadly, from the from the late owner of the club, and we were in a real transition of bringing in a lot of players, a lot of loans. Um, so I kind of I find I fell down the pecking order quite quick. Which looking back now, I probably didn't help myself. I was young. I wanted to play. I, I probably fell out of favour with a lot of managers because of my attitude. But I just That's wanted to play. David, you go and see them. So I used to go and say, well, I, want, I want to play. If I'm not playing, I want to go. And he's like, no, don't be, don't be like that. Like, you're Stan, Stan would say, don't be like that. Yeah, it's it, it really, it really easy to speak to him. Like, I, I got on, I got on really, really well with him. Um, and he was just, he was just dead open. He's like, okay, if you want to go, I'll let you go. If you want to go on loan, you want to go on loan. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go on loan. I'll go play. I, I want to play games. Like, that's, that's the way I've been brought up. I'm not going to sit around and be third, fourth choice striker. I'm, I want, to, I want to play, I want to show you how good I am. He's like, yeah, yeah, no problem, that's fine, I'll let you go, that's, that's no worries. And that, that, was kind, that was kind of how he was, just really laid back and I appreciated it because I know a lot of managers might be like, no, no, we've only got four strikers, I need you around. But he's like, no, if you, if you want to go and play, I totally get that, that's fine. So, would, Sven ever, would Sven ever go out with the boys? Sorry? Would he ever go out with the boys? Nah, I, I remember going, we went to Sweden, we went to Sweden pre-season, the, the year he came, and we'd never seen him. <laughs> um, so you, you turn up at 10.30 for training back off again at 1 and that, that was it it was just a jolly might as well just went on a five day bender <laughs> oh I love that man yeah. uh, like, see, was he that nice that, like, I can't even imagine Sven going to Ericsson getting angry does he get angry no nah, nah, if, if, if he got angry it, 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 it because like, his tender was broke <laughs> probably <laughs> no. I, I, I I can't remember him getting angry. And if he got angry, he'd probably just laugh it off and just like walk away. Like he was just so laid back. He, and for like the person that he was when we first heard him come in, everyone was like, "Oh, it's been going out tonight. Like, we're a bit nervous yet." But really, really approachable, really dead easy to speak to. And he, again, like he, he liked me who I was as a, as a footballer and a player. But I just didn't kind of fit into the players we brought in, like Yakubu, Jermaine Beckford. Um, Kamara came in, so we had well-established players, and I just kind of fell down the, the picking order again. So, see, see, because he was so laid back, would the boys take the piss and just go out of the time? No, no, because he, he had like his guidelines. He, he he gave you a bit of leeway, but the boys kind of respected that, and it it kind of worked well. Don't get us wrong, we didn't have the most successful time under him, but a lot of changes, whatever. But we didn't really take them out that much. You know what I mean? It was just one of them things. Mm-hmm. I think because he gave you the opportunity, like, well, the boys like, oh, well, I don't really need to go out. Whereas some managers, no, 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 you're not doing this, not doing that. Boys instantly go, yeah, yeah, man, I'm going out. If you're going to tell us not to, I am going out. So, he's all right. Right, mate, I love players that have played for Millwall. I've played it in Redem, mate. It's scary, man. I don't care what it is. The thing with Millwall was, mate, see when I went to Swindon, like, I thought it would be like 16, 17-year-old kids waiting for you getting off the bus. Mate, it's yeah. like 45-year-old guys actually it's, want to kill mate, them. It's, it's mental, isn't it? It's, oh, my God. It's a bizarre place I've ever played football. Any example to that, man? No, I, I remember going there on my debut and getting booed on my debut by the home fans. That's, <laughs> that's how 
That's how <laughs> intense it was. So I came on. I came on as a sub. And uh, funny enough, it was actually against Derby. We got beat. I think it was like 5 1. I, sc- I scored, right? So I came on. We're losing 3 0. So I come on and score. Then, I, then they go score again. I think I miss a chance. Keep, I saves it and go for a corner. I go run over to take the corner. Why I'm calling you this? You that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, is that the Derby fans? It's, it's our fans giving this crap. I'm thinking, geez, like, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get a break here. <laughs> but it's honestly like I remember one game I couldn't play. I was in, in, ineligible, and I'm sitting in the fan in the stands with me, my mom and. Me, me missus and me little boy at the time and the just the stuff that you hear in the fans was just unbelievable unbelievable <laughs> but not, not unable to repeat we've <laughs> had boys on here that says like if it's a bad result mate like they're waiting for you in the, like, outside the ground the, the, honestly it, it's like it's like it's Green Street that's what they wait for you like they wait for you the flat caps the stone islands up here I'm sure, I'm sure they've got something in the pockets waiting to just pull out if you, if you see out of them so you just you just gotta wait for a spe- clear spot on the bus and just make a peg for it. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't pull out the tunnel. That's amazing, man. Uh, and then you went to Wigan, mate, where you ended up permanently. Um, yeah. What what? So Wigan, a club now. Yeah, I, I enjoy my time there. So basically, I, I had a short spell at West uh, Millwall. That the manager left. I went back, and then I heard Wigan came in. That the, the manager Ruby Rosler. Um, okay, he's a bit yeah. different as well, Rosler, is he? Uh, he he's, he's another one. I, honestly, I, I don't know how I've survived in football. I've played in the sun, cockers. Um, <laughs> he, he's one of these. <laughs> <laughs> he's, um, we used to do shape, right? We used to have this ball in, under his arm. He used to have a ball. He used to like, sprint to a position. So like you were like, like, shuffling shape and that. And he's sprinting in the lines and like looking around at each other and you'd ask like random people questions and obviously people didn't have a clue what the lads didn't have a clue what was going on so they just have to say random stuff and he would just he, he, he was just some kind of most animated guy I've met in football up and down touch lines the demands I just remember one pre-season we went on a, a rec- we played a game we went on a recovery bike ride I turned into about a 30k sprint <laughs> I think we got beat so we're like we pedaled out X amount of distance, right? We got the the training point. He goes, "Do you think that's good enough?" And all the lads, the lads are having like ice lollies and sweets at the back. And we're going, "Not, not good enough. Not good enough." Fizzy pop, crisp. No, no, no. He's like, "I want you to sprint back." So we're on these bikes. We're honestly recovery day. We're done for. One of the lads didn't know how to change gears on his bike. <laughs> he's going uphill like he's almost going backwards. He's going that slow. He must be thinking, what on earth have I got here? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I used, I played against him when he was at Brentford, and we yeah. at Brentford, the, the changing rooms are right across each other. We just used to sit and listen to him going absolutely mental at man, Brentford players, man. No, he'd not changed. He'd not changed. He, he, was, he was an absolute character. Did you ever get it off him? Did he ever slot you? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, once we played um, we played Burton in the cup and um we got we got beat. They were obviously in League One and we were we were in the championship and we got beat. And he goes, Waggy, what was that? And he goes, Oh listen, like I, I was crap, yeah, I apologize, lad, sorry. He goes, No, like unacceptable. You're coming in your fancy cars and your Maseratis, no, 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 not for me, not for me. And he's in his proper just digging it out and he just goes on this big rant. And he goes on to one of the lads, and one of the lads just get, had a crop day at the back, and he starts going, You need to go home and cry to your mama and all. <laughs> and this is like, 
you, you, didn't, you didn't know about putting those people out. And that's probably the only time that I've been individually kind of dug out in a, in a dressing room. It made us feel about looking this big. It, it was tough. Did you have a Maserati? I did have one. I, I did. Oh, amazing. Why not? It's it? It crap. It was rubbish. Rubbish car. Uh, mate, I watched him. He was on. Uh, he was on against Bayern. Was it Borussia Dortmund another day? Did you see him at the end with the last? He started cuddling his coach. That's kind of. Do you know what it was? He was. He was if his team, he's one of them. If his team played well, outrun the opposition in the loss, he'd be like, I can't even know that much about that. Sometimes he's just got better players. But he's one of these. If you didn't, if you didn't run around, he, he would absolutely batter you. Mm. What was the stand? Was he batter boys during the game? Yeah, yeah. You you drag people off after twenty thirty minutes. Not an issue. Not a problem. Off you come. That's you done. And you, 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 you see boys in the championship. Do they not crack up when uh, after twenty minutes? So, some lads do. It just depends if you're willing to like take, take the fight. Really, <laughs> if you're willing to, if you're willing to have a scrap in the gaffer. But he was nuts. He would probably knock you out from him. <laughs> Amazing man. Also played under Malcolm Mackay and Gary Caldwell, yeah. two Scottish guys. Uh, how yeah. are they um, Under Malky, I kind of got my chance to, to play. We, we went through a bit of a period again. He came in, but I, I just got injured when he came in. I, I done me, uh, I done the AC joint my shoulder, so I had the operation. Uh, I was out for a while. Yeah, I didn't have that wish at that point. I missed about three months rehab. Came back, played a few games under him, and come back and done done all right, but. We were we were really struggling that year. We were phony, we were losing games, we had a lot of loans again. Um and we were down scrapping down the bottom of the league and it wasn't wasn't ideal. Um he then got sacked and, and guys came in and he was kind of left in a situation where he's got to pick up the pieces from from the year, do you know what I mean? He was he was struggling, we were down the, we were almost relegated when he came in and the last few games we, we, we got relegated unfortunately it was, it was a tough year physically and mentally because we weren't winning games it wasn't nice change of manager in and out of the team injuries and um, yeah it wasn't it wasn't ideal this is off script mate but just going on like the managers and that you played for some crazy ones what about players wise like, who, who's been the, the funniest kind of managers player that you played up until that before you went to Rangers uh, <laughs> um, the maddest player I've probably played with Saul Bamba was funny. He, he was he was a good laugh. At Leicester, I was with him at Leicester. James McCarthy, um, Wigan. He was a he's a crackpot. James McLean, obviously speaks himself. He's crackers. James, he just <laughs> um, there's him and Carl Mack together. They were like two peas in the pod, dumb and dumber. Got them on the training pitch were, were priceless. Just at each other all the time. James, he could just smash anybody at any point for no reason. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. You also, I've kind of played this. Sorry, who's in me? I'm going to say I've Melbourne. had um, Big Danny Shitu, who would take no prisoners. And Stevie Morrison up front. But then were like proper characters. Join me and put our Melbourne boys. Yeah. Alan, Alan Dunn, the right back. Forty, the goal. Oh, played against them. They are actual scary guys, man. Dunny and Forty. I remember we we were playing Blackburn. I mean, this is this is my last long game, and I'm. And I'm sitting there. This is a Melbourne, sorry, yeah. This is this is a Melbourne, yeah. Sorry, last game, last game before I leave, and we get beaten. Or then, you know, it's like everyone starts kicking off. And I remember, like, you would park forty sitting one eye side. You got like the, the skips in the middle, like with all the 
treatment stuff on. He just launched, I can't even remember who he was fighting with. He just launched across the skips and then just like a mass 10-player brawl in the middle of the skip. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, God. And that's kind of how male war was as a, as a team and there's a club. It just kind of epitomised how, how that club was. So then, then we're, then we're proper crackers, them lot. Was it with Saul Bamba where Sven? Yeah, it's all this is Sven. Saul, Saul Bamba. He's <laughs> just quite vocal in the dressing room in that big Bamba. He, he was just the, the happiest guy ever. No, no matter what the situation, always had a smile on his face. He just he just loved it and what what a nice guy he is now. I still speak to him every now and then. He's he's a proper, proper good guy he is. Hey, good on Sky Sportsman, I quite like him. Yeah, uh, right, Rangers. Uh, what was yeah. it that actually heard the Rangers interest? So when I, first, when I first heard of it, um, it, was, it was my agent, he, was, he knew Mark Warburton from, like kind of looking after him from previous deals, whatever, and I knew Mark Warburton through his son Jack, who I used to play with at Leicester, so there's always kind of an, a connection there, and he used to come and watch a few of the games, the Resi games, blah, 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 and when they kind of showed an interest, obviously, I was like, yeah, I, I don't get as wrong as that wing at the time, we just got relegated, I didn't want to be go to League One because if you get stuck in there I knew it was going to be difficult obviously they went on to get promoted again so that was never really an issue but I just kind of wanted to kind of get away from that bad spell that I was in I had a lot of injuries I was going through a tough time and we just got relegated so I just kind of thought fresh change and then when I heard if Rangers being interested it's a kind of speaks for itself do you know what I mean you, you know the history of the club you know the the players that I played for, the the trophies that they've won, what they've been through, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about the club, um, and the news because I've got family and friends who, who support the team and support the club. So when I spoke to them, it was it was a no brainer. Do you know what I mean? It What's was, that it was family like, in Sunderland they supported Rangers. Yeah, I've got I've got loads. I've got loads of family that used to go and watch you know watch the games. Friends like family, friends of family used to go and support. Obviously, to Rangers fans are everywhere, aren't they? So you can you can never too far from from meeting a fan. So I used to speak. I used to speak to everyone. Then when I used to speak to friends about going up there, it was there was an opening. I going to play in front of fifty five thousand and having the opportunity to go and to win games and win trophies was was unbelievable. I was going to say, mate, you can't drive a Maserati and going to England, man. You need to play down for a course or something. I, I, I did, mate. A Fiat 500, I think I went there. <laughs> uh, did you know much about like, the, the troubles the Rangers had been in? Did that, that no bother? Was there a wee worry there? At, at, at the time, mostly, you, you, you hear about it on the news, you learn about it, you see it. And I didn't really kind of grasp the situation that we're in. Um, until you go up there and you kind of... You see the history. I I I, I try to I try to learn as much as I could about it. I used to read up on the history, what they went through, what they've been through, and I kind of felt it was an opportunity to get the club back the way it needed to be. And I spoke to the manager. Um, I remember driving from Newcastle to to Scotland to go and meet them, just because I was kind of that desperate to kind of go and play there and, and, and get the get the deal done. Do you know what I mean? I was I was hungry to go. And, play for the club and um, I think that kind of helped getting used to the area I drove around and go and see the stadium when someone up there I was like yeah to me and Jamaica, I need to get this done I need to go so Where did you meet Mark Warburton? I like stories like this where did you meet him? Did you go for food? Met, met him in the hotel in, in Scotland and um, what's that one on um, Joe by I'm trying to think I'm trying to think out this place it's, it's do you know just 
No, <laughs> it, would, it probably would have been back then, but no, I try to think, you know. Is that the West End? Yeah, Joe, you come through the West End before you go down there. What's the, the, Byers Road. Byers Road, yeah. The, 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 like the, the, posh, the posh one on the corner. I forgot yeah. what it's called there. Uh, yeah, I met, I met him and David. We had there, and um, I had a chat with them and had a, co- a coffee with them and kind of explained how they were going to go and play football and how they were going to do it, how they were structuring the club. Rob Keenan had just signed from from Wigan, who we knew. Um, Tavernier was there, wasn't he? Tavernier was going at the same time. Yeah, the, 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 main, the main Tav signed at the same time and just kind of how he, he, he came across and how he's going to play football and how he was going to play. It was it was a no brainer. I wanted to get up there and I wanted to play games and, and try and try and get promoted and, and win trophies. See, uh, he, we've had him on here, Matt Ward, but he's quite impressive when you when you speak to him, isn't he? He's, he speaks very well. He's he's very knowledgeable. He knows a lot about the game. He knows he's got a style of playing, a way of playing, and that's kind of how I wanted to to take my next my next part of my career to develop myself as a footballer. He he, t- he coached us again and taught us new stuff about to play in and out of possession, which kind of sold it for me. And, and I was excited to, to take on that new challenge, especially playing in front of fans who demand nothing but the best. Yeah, obviously you'd been at a big club in Sunderland, but like, how impressed were you like Ibrox and like, when you first walk out at Ibrox? Oh, it, it, it's incredible. You walk in, you see the staircase, you see the history, the legends board, the trophy room, and you, you, you can't help but be... But fall in love with the place. Like it's 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 instant. It's it's some some place, and you just think, oh, if I if I if I do well, yeah, if we, if we do well as a team, yeah, you, you can't help but think of the rewards that come with playing for a club like Rangers, the chances of winning trophies. That's kind of what you go to the club for, the history, the the place that it's been, and where you thought you could you could take the club again. It was it was exciting, and it was it was desperately a big part of it. What was Warburton's like final end goal for you at Beaner Rangers? Was it to eventually win the Premier League? That was that was the goal. First yeah. and foremost, get promoted, um, get ourselves back into a position of challenging again, and then ultimately that was as soon as he got back to the Premier League. That was Rangers' only one target: win the league, beat Celtic. When that was pretty clear to everyone, as soon as he walked through the door, beat Celtic, win the league, beat Celtic, win the league, and. That's kind of where where Rangers fans, Rangers players knew what that to do, win every game and, and, and win the league. See, just on one button, like as I say, he's impressive, but he's quite serious, isn't he? Could you still get a laugh from him as well? Would you have a laugh in it? Um, not 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 so much a laugh, no. You, yeah. you, you, I think if you, you had a bit of banter, it was, it was very like dry banter. It wasn't like take the piss banter, if that makes sense. I mean, it was just quite. Jokey, jokey, laughy, laughing. Was that's kind of where it went. Whereas Davy Weir, he'd had all the, all the history and all the knowledge of the club. You have a bit of banter with Davy and tell you some stories and stuff like that. Which was, which is, for us coming from England, not knowing the place, it was good to kind of know a bit about the club and and find stuff out, which was, which was nice. Uh, th- I want to ask you th- number thirty three. Why, why that? Yeah, uh, th- thirty three was, was, was a weird, weird time. So I just signed for for Wigan. I got thirty three. Yeah, I bought a, bought a house in in Sunderland where I was from. Door number thirty three. The postcode was thirty three. Door was just like it was one of them times I got like a, a birthday gift off my missus. It was a private plate that had thirty three in it, and it just all happened in the space of like two three months. So that kind of where that number came from, to be honest. Andy Halliday said that he 
they would pull guys aside one to one, one and have a proper chat with them. Did you ever get that fairly in Kenny? Yeah, I, I, I had it a lot of times, to be honest. I, I, I was never one for kind of falling back. Not opinions, but like I would always try and speak to the manager and learn what I was doing because I was going there. I wanted to, I wanted to do well and I wanted to play and see how I fit in. So they were, they were. David, David was was good like that. He'd always kind of put it aside and talk you through games coming up, stadiums, where you going, how you playing, fans, what what's going on with them, and like try and keep you not focused on what's going around you because you, you know what guys goes like it's a, it's a bubble in it it's a goldfish ball you just try and keep you focused on doing what you've got to do for the team and, and focus on that really so they both, they both work really well obviously David's knowledge of, of guys going and, and Rangers whereas the manager was, was very technical and all about how to progress as a footballer yeah, because you, you've obviously played for a big rivalry with Sunderland and Newcastle but I say like in Rangers completely different even to that yeah, it's massive. It's absolutely. When I, I didn't did you realize like how bad that intensity was. Was it when you were walking about the street? No, I, I, I didn't realize. Obviously, you, you know of it. You see, you see, you see games on the TV. Well, I, yeah, I watch games on the TV, and you see the the rivalry. And I remember our first meeting. It obviously been been a while since Rangers have played because the lower leagues, the competitions, they weren't they weren't quite facing each other as much as they could. And unfortunately, I was I was injured for that game. But I remember watching that. I'm thinking. This is unbelievable. It's it's the best atmosphere I've ever been in, hands down, in the stadium, one hundred percent. It was incredible. The the passion, the hatred. It's just, it's pure hatred for each other, isn't it? And from the match day, mm-hmm. it was it, it was so intense. It was it was incredible. Did you enjoy that? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was it, it's hard to describe. So, so you play a match sometimes, and you can you, you walk out of the stadium, you, you feel the buzz of the crowd, but that that was just like a, a, it's just a just a noise in your head. It was just so loud. It was you couldn't on on all film days. You couldn't hear each other. One hundred percent. You'd have to just try and guess what somebody's telling you. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's probably a good thing that you couldn't hear George Windass. It's shy, isn't it? Yeah, uh, you know, tune your ear off. Talk about how good he is or how quick he is. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, right, mate. You got off to a great start. Though. Two goals in a six-two win over Hibs Challenge Cup. Yeah. Uh, Take the pressure off straight away. Um. Uh, obviously, it was a great start. I think everyone kind of was buzzing that we we got told Hibs first game of the season when Italy and Mark down. Yeah, they're going to they, they, they'd come close the season before. They were a good side, and they got some good players. We need Italy and Mark down. Yeah, and the way we started, I think they weren't ready for how we were as a team. We we'll, we'll pressed them. We we'll played them off the park. We we conceded an early goal, and um, which didn't help. But the way. The way we played was was a joke, and I, I remember thinking like, we've we've got a good chance. If this is our our competition this year, then if we can keep up this level of standard and keep playing like this, then we'll, we'll do all right. You know what I mean? So to get off on the front foot with two goals for me, especially at a club like Rangers as a striker, you judged on you judged on goals, and for me that was the ideal start. Do you feel the outside looking in that year? It always seemed like it was a bit of needle between you and Hibs. Was it, was yeah, it was, yeah. I think that was kind of the, the, the main rivalry, wasn't it, between between the league, obviously. I, I, I don't know what it was, obviously, the year before, apparently the, a lot of stuff had kicked off in, in, in a final or, or a cup or something, and I, this, that kind of boiled over to this year, and don't get us wrong, I, I, I love beating them to, at their place as well. First game of the season for me, it was, it was nice, I, I enjoyed it. And so that year is a flying mate. Like, how good is it being a Rangers player at that time when everything's going well? You're, you're treated like a king yeah. in Glasgow, aren't you? Yeah, no, it, it was brilliant. Um, loved it, playing games, winning games. And so I, I, I loved, 
I loved how the win wasn't good enough. Like it, it could always be in three nil. If it wasn't three nil, it should have been four nil. If it wasn't four nil, it was five nil. And at the time when the games, I think, yeah, you're right. Like it brought me up to demand more of myself. Do you know what I mean? I was thinking, yeah, I should have got two there. I should have got hard there. I should have. And I was disappointed to come off the game. And I think ultimately, like. Being that disappointed that often not scoring more or not winning by more kind of had a negative effect. Then it started having an adverse effect come off being we're winning games and we're scoring goals. And I was kind of being influenced by wanting more, probably being a bit too greedy, wanting much, much more. And I probably should have been happy and satisfied with what I was doing and, being, and contributing towards the team because I started scrutinising everything. I started thinking over, thinking too much and worrying about too much and going to the game thinking, right, get one, get two, get two, get three, get three. And as a striker, you do need to be selfish and you do need to be hungry, but I started probably to overcomplicate things when I should have just kept doing what I was doing. Why do you think that was? Just because of the size of the, like, the crowd? And- I th- yeah, I, th- I think it's just the demands of the club, wasn't it? The club, just you just want the need to win games and you have to win every game. And, and, and I love that pressure. I love wanting the fact that I need to win, yeah, I need to win, I need to score a strike, I need to score goals, yeah, I need to do this, I need to do that. And I think you can start talking yourself into something that you don't really need to do. And Is that the first thing you that in your career, Matt? Yeah, yeah, I, I think, I, I, yeah, definitely, because other clubs don't get us wrong, other clubs have been at, we weren't winning games as easily and as freely as what I was at Rangers. And as a striker, I'm sort of thinking, yeah, I've got, I've, I've got an opportunity to score, Back, back from the goals, win this, win that, win this, win this. And it probably should, probably got my eye off the ball of what I really need to focus on and just do my job for the team. If I score, great. If not, then as long as the team wins, that's the most important thing. And I just kind of maybe got wrapped up in a bit of, I need to score goals here. And it probably had an adverse, like I say, I had an adverse effect on us. Could Mark Warburton sense that in you? Like, would he, would he see yeah, that? Yeah, he, 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 we, we always used to talk, like, he used to, used to think, like, I'm getting in front of the goal now, I'm starting to overthink things, or I'm trying to do too much, or I, he always tried to make a simplify my game and try to just be free and just play my game the way, I, the way he signed us. And it was probably, like you say, probably just me wanting to, because I scored quite a few goals up until my injury, and I just always I had targets of, like, Get to the next set. Get the get to the next five. Get the next five. Get the next ten. I probably just started getting probably too carried away with how well as a team we were doing as in, in, individually. That's the thing about playing for like a set of kind of Rangers. It's it's not just going out and playing on the pitch in your body, mate. It's total mentally as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Sorry, on you go, mate. It's just it's just coping with. It's as hard as, as much as you try and not let outside influence affect you. It's hard not doing when you've got 55,000 fans week in, week out, expecting nothing but the win and, and, and demanding the very best. And then you go you go out and the, the day, what happened, what happened the other day? You should have had five. You should have scored six. You should have scored seven. The team should have won eight. And that's kind of what I think got into my head thinking, yeah, I probably should have got a couple more last year. Then I started going looking over my chances and being like, yeah, I should have done this. I should have done this next time. And then you come into a game situation, you're probably thinking, right, last time I done this, I should start. And you start basically start overcomplicating everything, and it's, and it's tough to try to get out of that when you you expecting certain demands of yourself. How often would that happen? People come up to you in the street when you're living in Glasgow. <laughs> every day, every other day. And I had a first one get wrong. It was, it was lovely to go from 
a struggle that I had the year before to being in the city where it's football, 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 Rangers doing well, brilliant, loved it, it was class and it gave us, I think for, for, for myself, it gave me a boost knowing that the fans were supportive and wanted us to do well going into, going into the match days. Would you ever go like, oh, come on, mate, I'm flying here, man, just give us two minutes, give us peace for two seconds, man? It's, it's hard not to because the normally in groups of five and six, so once one's finished, the other one's having to go out here from all, from all, from all different angles. And he might have been kind of deep, but the three behind you might be calling you all sorts. You know what I mean? It was difficult. It was, it was yeah. tough at times. It's crazy. Uh, that first uh, first season, good squad. How was the morale in the dressing room? Who were, who were the good lads? Joe, you know we, 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 were, we were a very good group. Um, we made a lot of signings. We obviously brought in Wes. Andy came in. Young little Holtley came in. Andy, myself, Tab, Rob, um, Harry Forrester came in. So a lot of the English core came in, and I think we we bonded really well because you had likes of Kenny, Waldo, a lot of history there. Nicky Clark, Dean Shields, Nicky Nord. They'd all been there. They'd done that. They knew, they knew the club. And we we all, all got on really well. It was it was a really good, really good group of lads. And for, I think. Winning games obviously does help, and we're, we all clicked. We're, we're, we're never a set eleven. I think that's kind of what the Wolverton kind of told people. Like you rotate the team in and out, or play wide. Kenny would play wide. Players were always versatile and mixing, so it was never like a, a set eleven. And other boys would jump in and out. You you you, you rotated and mixed the team up quite a lot, which kind of kept people on the toes. Was there like a joker in that dressing room, or was was it just quite chilled? No, and, and, and Andy Halliday was, was, was a good laugh. Um, believe not, Waldo, Waldo was funny. Yeah, that was a good laugh, mate. I remember him as a young boy. He was funny. I, 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 came, I came in and I, I, I remember meeting him in the, in the dressing room. I'm thinking, does he, does he like me or like has he got a problem with me? Yeah, because there was space. You just said, like, right, Waggy. I'm thinking, oh, God, like, is it, it's, it's going to be quite tough for them. But he was a great crack. He, he's a good laugh on the night out. He, he's good fun. And... Yeah, the likes of Kenny. Kenny was always up for a laugh, always, always bandering people. Um, I think because Kenny had been there, he'd been through the lot, he knew everything about it. But obviously, the, the main man, Jimmy Bell, was was the life and soul of everything. Uh, uh, any examples like how Jimmy Bell, any funny things that he's done, said to people? Uh, I, I remember, I remember going to Jimmy Bell when I first signed. I was like, Jimmy Clav, Clav number thirty-three. Please, he's like, nah, somebody's got it. I was like, who's got it? He's like, oh, when well, they come, my kids. I was like, well. I appreciate, like, I, I get that, but can you stop with, like, it's like, no, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. And I, like, I had to, like, I had to work on him for, like, about five days. Like, Jimmy, can I get him? He's like, no, I'm not getting it. He's like, what, you want more training? I'm not getting it. It was just, like, it was just a constant battle with how stubborn he was, but he, he was class, man. He, I just, I loved his room, his, his, his kit room, and the history, the, the people. Yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Boots galore and pictures. Like um, the the bandits, the, the pendants, whatever, like shirts. It was just riddled with history, and it, it was class to to see to see that you kept it, and you, you'd been through you'd been through the lot. It, it was it was incredible. I, I mean, me and Tav used to sit in there for ages on the first one, just listening to him talk about where he'd been, what he'd done, what he had experienced, and and what it was like to be to be a ranger. Do you know what I mean? And what you can achieve if you if you've got something good. It was it was class, man. With the hammer boys. <laughs> yeah, what everyone. If, if if you if you weren't happy with one little bit about your kid, he would cane you, and you he would not forget it for the rest of the season. So I remember, like, I, I had a thing with like my socks, and every match day you'd go. If you complained about your socks, I'm not giving them at all. And just every every little thing, match tops. If you if you weren't happy with your match top, you're not getting one. So I'm not, I'm not doing it. Why I'm not doing it? <laughs> it was that it was just a constant battle. But you, do what you like you. He was just such such a good, good guy, dry sense of humour, and again, if if he didn't like it, you, you tell you, and and I, I got on really well with him. I, I loved spending hours in that kit room with him. It was class. No, I need to ask you actually. I spoke to Wes as you've just mentioned them. I need to ask you about the beef Christmas do story. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we we go we go Newcastle and like that, right? And you, there's this like tapioca plate. Where they chop up like the food in front of your cook or whatever, and um, so basically, I, I, I'm sat one side, beef sat the uh, beef sat the other side, boys are sat the other side, and somebody's launched a bit of beef off his head, <laughs> and I'm sat there. I've got me, I've got my bottle of beer. I'm, I'm wet pissing myself, mate. Like, I'm like hysterics, and where's where's like starts to come over to confront me? Goes, why do you want to laugh? I goes, yeah. <laughs> Somebody just slapped a bit of beef up your head, like it's the funniest thing ever. He goes, Nah, it's not funny, but so, like you start on us. So then I'm going over there, I was like, Where's you can't be serious? I'll like, smash this bottle of beer up the head, mate. Like, stop, stop, like, stop taking the piss. He's like, Nah, who threw the beef? Who threw the beef? <laughs> He's storming all this restaurant, mate, wondering who threw the beef. And to this day, we still don't know who's throwing that beef up his head. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I think it's Nicky Clark. Nicky Clark. Dropped his pants and, and shot off. I don't know where he went, but man, honestly, the slap on this beef on his forehead—it was like stuck right in his head, mate. It was oh man, it was so funny. It was just one of them ones uh, like where the boys had too much to drink. Um, I'm creasing because just the, the sound of it was man, it was so funny. It just one of them moments where. The timing of it was was priceless. It was class. <laughs> Did you go a lot together, Maggie? Oh yeah, we should go quite a bit. Obviously, you score twenty nine in Glasgow. We should go there quite a bit. Who did? Um, who did? Everyone, mate. It was, it was a good. It was a proper good group. I mean, even if Mads went out, then went back early or whatever, everyone would make the effort for each other. Like it was a proper good, proper good group of lads, and we all we all got on great, and it, it was good fun, mate. It was good fun. Right, mate, you were doing really well, then you picked up an injury in February. Uh, yeah. How gotten was that to miss a run and the Celtic game? Yeah, because we we 
were doing well in the cup. Obviously, I wanted to be part of that. I, I got injured in the in the in the, the second leg of that. Um, yeah, it was, it was really disappointing because I, I just got back playing and I thought not another long term injury from from when I done my shoulder. I was, it was the last thing I wanted. So to miss two or three months and then we won games. We got through the next round. We'd be done doing the next round. I'm thinking the semi the semis going up here like and. I need to get fit for this, so that was always my target. I need to get fit for the series, need to get fit for the semis. And looking back, obviously now I was probably just like a couple of weeks away from it. Um, but it was it was very difficult at that time because the lads were still winning games. They got the the Pepper Track final, they won that. I missed that final, I missed the semi final result against Celtic. And that's kind of what I was I was there to do. I was there to play the finals, I was there to play against Celtic and to miss those two was really it was really disappointing because I felt like I'd kind of built up a a good bit of form in the season, scoring goals, playing well, the team was doing well, and they missed two big games. That was was, was disappointing. See, uh, see, when you beat Dundee in that the round before Celtic, was there talk in the dressing room we want to get Celtic? Yeah, we, that's that's all we wanted to do. We wanted to play Celtic, whether it was this, the semis or the final. We knew we were going to have to play them at some point. So, and then then. On our on our head, we're thinking if we get in the semis and we're, we're put on a result, then win the final, then we've got we've got half a chance. Do you know what I mean? And I think looking back now, that's probably kind of affected when the in the long run why we maybe let slip with the, the final. Obviously, it's a disappointing day. Uh, got back for that, and to let that slip the way we did in the, in the last ten minutes was was really disappointing because we'd done all the hard work essentially, and to, to get beat off him, so we'd kind of. Battered all season to, to lose a, lose on them in the final was really really disappointing. You remember where you were when the draw was made and Celtic and Rangers was pulled up? Yeah, we were, we were all at the training ground together and we were we were in the meeting room waiting for it to be drawn. And I was thinking, please be Celtic. Everyone everyone wanted Celtic. Everyone wanted it regardless of the draw. Just well, get get it over and done with. And yeah, we got it. We were, we were all buzzing. It was oh, a good like, day. Yeah, we all jumped out like. Pop up, but like, what, what do you say? Like, our league teams and the thing now when they draw a big team, the, the, the FA Cup that's kind of like, like, was like, right, we've got a right good opportunity. Yeah, we're playing well this season. We knew that we knew they were winning games, but they were struggling. They were under that body down there, and they yeah. weren't playing, they weren't playing the best of stuff. They were obviously still winning games and we're, we're in the league, but we knew we had a we had a good opportunity to, to face them at the time that they were, they were in. And we thought, yeah, let's let's go. Obviously, I was celebrating, but I was thinking, oh. Typical, we play Celtic now, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss it. But see, you're watching from the outside, so see the week build up to that game. Is it? Is it like yeah. the one you've seen? It, mate, it's mental. Obviously, that was the first time we played them that year. Just the the press start following you everywhere. The outside the gate at at, at Murray Park at the training ground. Um, there, there, there was just like a, a level of intensity. Stories not coming out the paper that weren't even true. Uh, stuff gets made up. Stuff gets starts getting sent to your house. Like, what gets sent to us? Not not my house, but like I know ex players and players. And I remember speaking there. I got quite close with Peter Liverpool. We are still quite close with Peter Liverpool and stuff. And I remember him sent got sent bullets to his house and stuff like that. And wow, it was just like a level of intensity in the the press. I think the press building it up something something mad, don't they? And when the games come down, it's just like this massive cauldron. Everyone's ready, ready to kill each other, basically. Uh, where did you watch your penalties? Were you on the pitch? I was on the, I was on the side eye. I was on the side. the gather. I think I was next to, big, next to Big Jim Stewart, actually. Next to Big Jim and Disco. I think I was... Oh, so did, you see, did you see... Were you standing next to Jim Stewart? The, have you seen Wes's interview? 
Yeah, so I, so I, I, I sprint straight to Wes, yeah? And Wes chucks and drops the shoulder and I go flying. I'm in my suit, I'm in my shoes. And I go flying on the pitch. No, but see, before the penalties, Wes told the story that Craig Gord, because uh, Jim Stewart had written the penalties. The bottom's eye, yeah. Yeah. So just, Jim, 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 Jim was class like that. He, obviously, he, he worked with... With with Craig before and obviously he done that for us as well and mate I, I I I what I can only remember is just I just remember the ball going over the bar and I'm just thinking we've done it like what what a victory that was and I remember the staff just going absolutely crack I do like when that you just that noise just goes in the air and mate it was incredible what a day what, what, what a was day. the dressing room like after that oh nuts bottles chopped everywhere cakes sandwiches. The lot was just was just gone, mate. I was I was starving and everything's been tossed around. <laughs> but no, I, th- I think we realised like kind of what we've built up for the whole season's paid off now. Do you know what I mean? It was we 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 done well. Did you celebrate that night? Did you go it? No, we did actually go. I think we had a game on the Tuesday. I think we were away at the bloody I don't know, somewhere with the sticks on the Tuesday, so we couldn't even go out. It was a nightmare. Uh, and then the final, mate. Like, how how desperate were you playing the final? Were you just doing everything you could to get fit for that? Yeah. So obviously, I, I was badgering the physios, mate, every day. Get us fit. I need to get fit. I need to get fit. I need to do this. I need to do that. And I worked. I worked really hard. Like I tried to do as much as I can. We tried. We played a couple of friendlies. Yeah, I tried to get as much minutes as I could. And I, I made the final. I, I don't think I was as sharp as I was fit as I like I've been. I think I was probably maybe another week away from where. I probably, I probably maybe a game off it, but we, we got ourselves in front. We, we, we were, we were doing all right, and then I remember, I remember coming off about seventy minutes. I was, I was done. I, 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 I was, I was finished. And you just see, you see them gaining, gaining yards. They were, they were getting ball retention. They were putting balls in the box and creating opportunities. And, and you're thinking, you're watching football. And you know, it's like you think they, they're going to score in a minute and. This gonna scored and that's kind of when it all flipped and you can just you, you, you didn't think it was just gonna finish like that. I thought we might have kicked on again and create another opportunity, but we just we just couldn't do it. So when you came off at seventy minutes, were you a bit worried how the game was going? Huh? No, no, no. Like because we're, we're doing we're doing fine, but then when when the game when you're watching from the side, you see it from a completely different perspective. Yeah. Like when you're playing it, you probably just think that oh, this, they have an attack, we have an attack. But watching it, you probably you, you're watching it a lot more in depth. And I'm thinking. They're creating a few opportunities. People are picking up spaces where you probably think, "Oh, there wasn't really a big thing playing it." But watching it, you can see you can see everything coming. You probably see them gaining good areas and getting balls in the box without causing causing issues. And ultimately, it it, it, it led to led to losing the game. You're the you're the only person that I've spoken to who was on the side for that final when the goal went in. Like, what was the yeah. best when that ball hit the net? Oh man, it was. It was it was good. Like uh, it's the first time. And when I got relegated with Wigan, it, it it hurt. Like, but you could see see it coming. But that when when it went in, it was it was just pure. It was just devastating, mate. Like the feeling of anger, disappointment, frustration, because we're, we're done. We're done the hard part. We 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 got to the final. We're playing hips. We we needed to turn up, and a lot of a lot of we didn't turn up on the day. And it, it was frustrating because we're. We had a really good opportunity to cut off the year with with, with three trophies, and we couldn't we couldn't do it. It was really 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 disappointing, and still still hurts now how we didn't manage to win that final. 
in the dressing room after that when you said maybe somebody's never turned up with Mark Warburton saying that or was it just total silence? It's total silence. Nobody's nobody really said out. I think everyone kind of knew how how crap we'd done really, how disappointing it had been to to let that slip. It was it was shocking. Right, mate. The next season, uh, there was rumours that you were going to go. You and Tavernier. Uh, yeah. Really happened, or was it just was it just rumours? No, there, there was there was there was talks. I, I heard stuff about it, but um, it never really materialised. Within that, there was then there was talks of contracts and, and all this stuff. That again, it was all just oh, there's there's a potential of a new contract. There's a potential of you leaving. It was just all kind of paper talk again, and nothing really concrete, concrete between club, player, or interest from other clubs, do you know what I mean? So it was it was that point where we went away to we went to, went to America and it was all about right, we need to we need to beat Salah, we need to close the gap, we need to close the gap and all the focus was on 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 doing that. Um so we, we, we went away, worked hard, come back, was that that they knew was it the Bedford League or whatever, started that new mini cup competition, we'd done that. And we started off really well. I, I scored a few goals, I, I was feeling really good and then First game of the season, where I picked up a, a hamstring injury and kind of lost a bit of confidence, a bit of form from from there on in, really. So, was there a new contract offered? Like, were you close to signing a new contract, Rangers? No, there wasn't necessarily a new contract offer. There was talks about if I wanted to extend my stay. I was like, well, let us just get the season going, like get going, see how I progress, get better, and then we can go from there. Because I, I was happy, like we wanted to. I always wanted to, to play football. It wasn't really a, a big deal at the time to, to sign a new deal. I still had two years left at that point, so I just wanted to to get going, keep building on the goals that I scored. I was in a good place. I didn't really want anything to change or get distracted. So, and then, I, then obviously I got injured, and that kind of all curtailed the, the plans that were that were going to happen. Even you're sitting in the summer and you you see the club signing like Joey Barton, Nico Grant, Jack Clint Hill. Are you buzzing? Yeah. You think it, oh, yeah, it was like, this, this, this is massive. This is kind of what the club needed. They needed winners. Joey Barton, I think, just won the, the championship with Bernie, just got promoted. Clintel, same with QPR, I think, was out of contract. And obviously, everybody knew of Nico Concha and the quality that he possessed was, 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 was unbelievable. So to bring them in, you're thinking, we've got the core of the team getting set up here. And it, it, it could be vital for we're going into these big games that we need these experienced, the, the winning mentality that we that we needed. Clint, how's your top man? Any you heard him on? Funny what, guy. What a guy! What, what a really really good guy. Like again, training day in day out, winner, one hundred percent winner. Come off it, nice play guy, and we're doing anything for you. We've got a lot of time from. You get playing up front in training, and Clint Holmes playing defence on other team. Does he smash it? Oh man, every single day we used to have tiffs all the time. Yeah. I used to hate. Well, I was one of my pet hates getting smashed in training. I couldn't stand it. I just, I didn't say it, especially in the defender, clumsy big centre half comes smashing you from behind. I used to hate it. And what would you say? I used to just like, just like, you know, it's like handbags, do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. But it was just my pet hate, but he just loved it. He just loved smashing people. <laughs> he said that on you, mate. He said he just loves smashing people. Did you think it was like, did you think we could win this league but with these sort of players that we're getting in? We, we never thought we could win the league. Me personally, I didn't think we could. Right, we're winning this league. Easy, it's going to be too easy for you. But I thought what we've got to we've got to beat the teams around us, and then when they come to Celtic, we've got to we've got to we've got to perform. We've got to take points off them. That's how we're going to bridge the gap closer and go from there. And we we weren't good enough against the the other teams. We we won games. We we picked up points, but we're 
I think we're a bit complacent coming to the team. I think we're maybe a bit, a bit lax. We, we didn't really appreciate the step up of the quality from the championship to the premiership. And we're just, we just weren't, we weren't at it against the other teams. And then come Celtic, it showed that we were, we were miles off it in the, the first game of the season against them. And really, really disappointing performance. That was my first game back from the injury. Um, I came on last last 20 minutes or so and we were just, we weren't at the races, we were miles off it. And that that kind of set the, the, the tone for the whole season, I think. Is Martin Warburton told us that he actually regretted no sticking to his like, ethos of high, fast tempo players? Bring, maybe bringing in the older players that went away from their original identity. Would you? Would you yeah, we, 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 we did a bit because what we, the whole plan for the year before was press, 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 pass, pass, pass. And we did, we did get away from that a bit. We, 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 we contained a bit, we dropped off a bit, we let teams have it. And kind of, it just didn't suit him where maybe some players were in the, the, the mode from last year and somewhere in between. It was just kind of... A bit disappointing, yeah. We're in between stars and, and, and formations that weren't, weren't really suited to us as players. Ken Kranjan's a tremendous player, mate, but he's no pressing. He's no pressing anyway, is he? No, he, he, he wasn't a presser, was he? He wasn't a presser. No. He's, he's, he's a number 10 Maradona player, but gee, mate, what, what a player. He's technically gifted, one of the most gifted players I've ever played with. Both feet, he, he was a joint between with at times. So it was unbelievable. You, and you were saying earlier as well, that first season, like how tight he's was as a squad. Yeah, you know, similar ages, similar kind of mentalities. Yeah. That change as well when these type of players come in because they're big. No, they, 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 they didn't much. Maybe, maybe Joey created a bit of um, animosity in the dressing room. But again, he just wanted to win. But he was he was a very diverse character, and like there was a difference between winning and the way maybe he went went, went around sometimes. But I kind of. I got I got on well with him. Like I, I appreciated how he wanted to win, but I think a lot of the stuff changed to suit the kind of the way was was the team. Then we had like Clint, we had Joey, we had Nico in there. And we just got, like you say, we, we changed the plan and the formula that was working, and I think we kind of lost track of our identity, identity and who and who we were. Because see, like speaking to people, like, the first year I think what I got is like you hung on to Mark Warburton's every every word, but when these bigger yeah. people come in. Maybe start questioning on then use maybe start. Yeah, yeah. Then, then we then we were kind of all just in no man's and really we're we getting told stuff. Bigger players having an opinion, they kind of questioning stuff, and then we're left in the middle, being like, "Well, what are we actually doing? And what's what's actually happening?" And then that's kind of thing where things got lost in lost in transi- translation, unfortunately. I ask everyone this as well. When Das has said that Barton gave him a bit, Andy's obviously told us a story, but I enjoy. Did you ever get Did you ever get a bit off him like proper? I I, 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 never, I never got anything off him. I think he's probably a bit scared of my physique, to be honest. He never, he never done that. <laughs> no, no, again, like, I never really got in that situation where I had any, like, beef with him, uh, beef again, any, like, arguments with him. I think uh, we were kind of either on the same team or different positions, not, not like, fighting for the same position with Josh and Andy. Were very competitive in that area where that maybe prove a point, but I just think he was maybe over the top with how much he wanted to win a time. He maybe took it a bit too personally on the trainer pitch when it wasn't when it wasn't necessarily. But I guess that was his character. I've, I've been there at times where you probably take things a bit too far when it's it's too much. But I just think a lot of the players were just a bit miscited in terms of how we were going forward with the the plans going forward. Really. 
Well, see when like see when Barton's cracking in that. What's the big uh, what's the big cigar smoker crank jar like? Is he just totally? Uh, oh, Nico, Nico is just like oh, he just got just got to let 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 it be, man. Just relax, just just chill out. He's the most laid back guy ever, as you can imagine, as he as he comes across. But when when Nico spoke, he kind of he kind of listened because he he'd been there, he'd done that. He had he had a lot of good things to say. He helped a lot. He he played with Joe. He played with Clint. So he he kind of kind of always offered a second opinion to how they worked and how they, they worked well together. He's just like, you've got to understand Joey, Joey is what he is, Clint is what he is, Clint had big personality, big opinions. And the three of them all kind of had their own positives on the, on the, on the group as well. So it wasn't all just, just negative, negative opinions. There were, there were big players that brought a lot of, lot of things to us that we never experienced before. So it was... I think the big, bigger stuff and the negative stuff gets highlighted more than what Dasha did bring. But that's, like you say, that's, I think that's the Scottish press for you. Yeah. Uh, Josh Windass, just to ask, like, I love him as a boy. Is he a good one? Nah, he's, he's boring as boring as shit, mate, to be honest. <laughs> nah, Josh, Josh is a very, very strange guy. I thought he's... <laughs> he's he, he, I, got, I got him really well with him. Another guy who... Him and Crooksy came together for Macronin and we got on really well. Um, very dynamic player. I like playing with him. He always made good runs. He was clever. He did, he, and again, he, he, he had an eye for goal, which I, which I like. We got, we got on really well. He was, he was a young kid. and I've, I've not really got much else to say about him. I, I still speak to him now. We all have a good bit of crack. And at that time, we, we were still learning a lot and developing. Well, Josh was developing. I was coming back. I mean, you we were all trying to fit into this new new game plan where we kind of all in between positions, Josh was out of position at time, I was out of position, Crooksy was a bit injured at times and we all we all got along well together because we were all in the same same mould of trying yeah. to find a way again in this new this new team. See obviously that egg and omelet stuff like that's sort of up in a nutshell. He would, he would have, he, him and Kenny were great because they always had footy debates and Josh loves footy, Kenny loves footy. In breakfast time, lunch time, all of them be like, right, who's your best player? Who's your best team? Best team in the world, best player in the world, and all this. And all they would talk about was footy, footy, footy. But then when Josh had to speak about common sense or anything of in the normal world, um, he was way off it, mate. He did have a scooby day, what was going on. I don't even think he, he knew what David the Bigger was at times. He's that he's that clearless, mate. But he was he was just football daft, football mad, like every day, just just loved it. Him and Kenny used to have so many like arguments about who's the best player, who's the best team in the world, whatever. And they just, they just loved me every day. It was just just constant battle about football. Right, right, mate. Top division. Um, obviously you're down south now. Yeah. Uh, I know if we're playing down there, people don't think it's the best up here. But what did you think of the top division in Scotland? Quite tough. Yeah, it's difficult. I, I like, like you say, people people think ah, oh, it's 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 Scottish Premiership. It's not really, but. It's not just the, the football that you got to deal with. It's the, it's the fans surrounding the, the pitches, the stadiums, the, the referees, the media. Like there's a whole lot more that goes into it than than um, than what people think. And I think the diversity between the top leagues and the Premiership to the bottom leagues. You got play, you got players and teams fighting for their lives, the careers, the the continuation of the club, and fighting to stay in that league. And it's it's so competitive in terms of. That, that added every single week and if you're not you, you, you kind of got found out you knew playing I don't know Wraith away or Dumbarton away like these these players are fighting for, for every scrap and 
they want to beat Rangers, don't they? Rangers and Celtic, that's who they want to beat. And going to these places was, was difficult time to raise the game by 20-30% because they could pull off a result against us or, or Celtic and then the next week they would go and lose 5-6-0 and that, mm. that for me epitomised how the mentality was of, of the, them, them type of teams. They wanted to turn up for them games and then the, the rest of the week they would probably be like, oh, it's not as big as game as Rangers and Celtic or they might be tired or drained or whatever, hold themselves back. But the level of intensity for games against us, they just they knew they had to raise it. It's fast pace, yeah. it's fast pace up here. It is, mate. Like you say, it's hundred mile an hour. You, you've got no time, no no time to breathe. Somebody's like you say, smashing you or like, jumping at the bed. Yeah, I, I think kind of the way you see Andy Robertson, the way he plays now, that kind of epitomises how Scottish defenders midfielders were. It was it was hard, it was high intensity pressing, smashing people, and it, it was difficult because I think we were we were given a lot more freedom and a bit more time to play the league the league below, and I think that's that step kind of maybe took things a bit a bit too. Bit too easy and a bit for granted. Right, mate. See, just on the five-one defeat that you're talking about, could you yeah. believe, like, from where you had beat him in the semi-final, the feeling in the dressing room after that game, to a couple of months later, to feeling that the complete opposite? Yeah, it was, it was. It was a complete contrast. I think. I think. I think that result gives Celtic a huge wake-up call in terms of they need the big changes. Um, they changed the manager in the summer. They brought in a lot of, lot of a lot of players and. Yeah, yeah, raised their game, and I think we we maybe underestimated how big of a game it was. We could come any game, you know, the the cups anybody can win on, on any on, on any day. But I think the league game at their place were probably just overpowered, outwork and outplayed, and we weren't we weren't ready for it. See for like the highs and how good it is when you're winning it, and to see after like a defeat like that, and maybe he's in the best of form. Um, you, 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 that time. Yeah, it's, it's tough, mate. It's really tough. And I think that's kind of where I, where I struggled at the, the second year in terms of mentally dealing with with, with all that because, I, like I say, I wasn't playing. I was in jail. I was in and out, and we were we weren't playing as as well as I should. And I was probably taking the criticism a bit too, a bit too personally into heart and reading into it too much. And I think that's where I kind of struggle with living within 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 Glasgow in Scotland. That, so see, what, how bad can does it get me? Do you just go home and it's all you can think of? It? It's all, well, it's 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 all that the, the city's about. It's football, football, football. In it, wherever you go, I I used to go to the park with me little man. He used to find, used to shove me little boy out the way and give us stick. We used to go to shops. You seen the video that I, I confronted that kid and it was just it was just constant mate. It was whatever I'd done. There was always somebody there, like videoing you or digging you out or having a go at you, and it, it got tough, mate. I, I I struggled a lot with it, and I found it difficult to to have. Well, I'm a, I'm a quite family, I'm a very family oriented person. I, I struggled a lot with how they not only treat me but they treat the family. It was tough, and for the vast majority of Rangers fans, they, they were brilliant. The lovers and the, the still supporters to this day, which I'm, I'm grateful for. But there's always that minority and and stuff that make it make it difficult and. and find flaws in, in your character which I found tough you know but because you went through that though, do you feel it's helped you now and you're not oh, you're massively it's a, it was a, it was a massive yeah it's a, it was a massive learning curve and I feel like I've lot, learned a lot about myself as a person who I am who I am as a footballer and who I am as a person and it was very difficult it was hard to get out of at that stage but it's made us made us appreciate where I am and who I am now and 
listen, you, you, you learn from lockdowns, you learn from being to rock bottom, and I, I feel like I've done that, and I've kind of come out the other side better for it. Uh, just on one button, uh, Martin, did, was there a was there a, you could feel like it was it was coming to an end for Martin one button? Yeah, I, 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 we weren't we weren't playing great. We kind of lost work with style of play. We weren't picking up results. We were going through a, a very very sticky patch, and it wasn't the, for the fact that the lads had kind of given up trying. We were just so in between of who we were and what we were doing the previous season that we kind of lost a bit of identity and lost the way we were playing. We weren't controlling games, demanding games. And I think the the board kind of seen that as well. And it was, it was kind of, it was only um, a matter of time before a change had to be made because we weren't picking up results. How did you uh, How did you find out that you'd left? Where when you found out? Um, I think we were we were actually on a day off. I was, I was just at home and he, and he got, I was, I was on Sky Sports News actually and then we, he, 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 I think he gave everyone in the team a message to say that he's he's, he's gone and, and and that was it really. And like you say, football is one of them things that people come and go, don't they? Managers, I've, I've worked under enough managers to be tired there to know that these things happen and we're we're ready to move on again. Well, did you make all the confusion surrounding his departure? Obviously, rumours yeah, not. Is there any wind of that amongst the players? Yeah, there was, there was so much of that stuff because it, was, it wasn't just like before he, he left that that happened. It was it was in the press for a good while, wasn't it? There was talks of him yeah. speaking to the clubs and, and leaving or whatever, potentially resigning and stuff like that. And I don't get as wrong as footballers. You'd be like, well, he's here. I, I don't really believe it. Um, I can't say it. I, I, I don't get it. Um, and... I think you just have to take them things with a pinch of salt. Obviously, looking looking back, he did go to Forest in the end, so there might have been some truth in. There's no smoke without fire, as they say, isn't there? So you never know his personal agenda. He might have been might have been distracted by by something else on the corner, and only only here, no, I guess. See, when you were saying like you were struggling a wee bit, and you weren't you were in and out, would you go and see Matt Warburton and ask why you weren't playing every week? Um, yeah, I I, I always saw, thought, saw myself as a striker, and, and I struggled to. To kind of play as a, as a winger at that time because I wasn't I wasn't the right winger I wasn't the right winger that Rangers needed I wasn't tricky I wasn't blessed with masses of pace I wasn't built to, to defend and stuff I, I wasn't kind of that player yet do you know what I mean I, I was still learning as a striker and I always felt like I was I was better for the team as a, as a striker and I spoke with with the gaffer and David Rea about that a lot but I had. At that time, I had Kenny Miller. There was, there was um, Joe Garner as well there as well. But yeah, for no fault of my own, I was I was injured and I was in and out, so I couldn't really complain that much. But I was going to speak to him about not not playing and not playing as good as the word. And I think that's kind of where I think kind of master of overcomplicating things, thinking too much about what people said about his criticism, not scoring goals, not winning games. And that's kind of where it all kind of circulated. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like I always wonder, I see with players as well. Do you get do you get a heads up a couple of days before it's announced, or do you just find out that Pedro? No, you, 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 see, you see stuff in the papers and in the press, and you'd be like, honestly, a lot of the lads like we never we never even heard of this guy. We we don't know who he is and stuff like that. Then he came in and he was actually watching the old firm game that we drew. We drew one one, and he was he was in the crowd, wasn't he? He was in the crowd, I and he he, he came in the, the following Monday and. He spoke really well. Again, he put up a really passionate guy. Hated losing games. Wanted to win, and 
for us it was a complete and utter change of style of play again. It was it was going from one chop and cheese really going from one style to another. It was in it's hard when you bring in four or five members of staff trying to relay that halfway through the season. It's always difficult, isn't it? I always find that with foreign managers they come in and they're tough on people straight away. Was that how how Pedro was as well? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he, he kind of had a way of playing. If he didn't fit into that, he would he would tell you you were in and out or you weren't part of his plans. And I think that happened with a lot of the lads. So I mean, they found out straight straight away whether they, they were liked or not. What uh, did he have a one to one with you straight away? Did he tell you what you? Yeah, he, he, he liked me. He, oh, I was fortunate enough to play that. that I started that whole film game, but I remember. I always remember I missed a couple of chances. Gordon's pulled off a couple of saves, and you remember he come up with he says, "Yeah, you, you missed a couple of chances, bye bye bye." But I, I like the way you, you work, your your dynamic, you work well for the team, and he kind of he, he liked it as a, as a player. He, he seen it as kind of a, a link up striker, quite big. Strong, held the ball up well, and he, he told us that's how he'd probably see me play. And I, I got on all right with him. Well, uh, a couple of boys have told us about his presentations. Have you got, have you got a favourite? Oh, mate, there's, there's too many. I, I, I should remember he always used to have his, he, he always used to do some, relate some stuff back, like his time back <laughs> where he was from in his hometown, and then, and then his, his assistant used to always take this, the, the slideshows and nobody used to understand what he said. He used to, <laughs> used to say like stuff in random accents or random words and be like con- completely contradictory. So all the boys would come out from the they would be like, "What have we? What have we actually just watched there? Like, what what relevance is that to football whatsoever?" He was just like, I think he was just so caught up in the emotions of football. He would just go off in some tangent and be like some random slideshow of like a bull tackling someone for, or something like that and like the lads were like what on earth is that got to do with football but you just you just I think that's his way of trying to translate from his passion or whatever to what he did there how he how he was as a manager Was it hard was it hard not to laugh in the, in the meetings? Oh mate the, the lads were like sitting there and swearing like this like nudging each other and that was thinking if I get caught out here he's going to dig us out but mate it was, it, was, it was just like after a while you look there you just I end up just like looking around, like counting the tiles in the wall or something like that, just to try and get through it. <laughs> could you uh, crack as well, Pedro? Sorry, you crack. Um, he was just he was just mad. Like I I I don't really know. He didn't have much crack. He was just he had this big laugh on his face, this big smile on his face. And if he if he found you funny, he probably do you know he probably wouldn't even, even get half the banner that we were saying. or probably caning them, and he's probably laughing his head off. <laughs> just <laughs> You just, you just, you just mad, mate. You just. Well, I mean, I mean, could he crack? Like, could he lose it? Oh, mate, he, 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 he yeah, but you'd lose it in like a, <laughs> like a Mexican way. You just like start throwing his hands about somewhere and storming around and like speaking like. Call, I'm guessing he's calling everybody every name under the sun. Do you know what I mean in, in his in his language? But you just go off and you you just get like this mad. Rage and start charging everywhere. Like, I guess that's where he's related to the bull. He probably sees himself as a bull. Do you know what I mean? You just they go and crack us. But it would, it would never be like a direct attack at the player or anyone individually. It would just be like mad run. Yeah, I, I, I had a coach or something. Probably, probably not even us. Probably his assistant would probably get it. You <laughs> just one of them characters. That I, I think he had like a a way, and if it didn't happen, he'd just blow his later. Probably himself or, or somebody else. Not not the, not the lads. 
the first funny stories, it was uh, Joe Gardner's stag party, and then it was Wes was telling us about the pattern. Like, if you asked for a day off, he's like, no, no, the pattern says... No, the pattern, the, the, yeah, the, the pattern was weird, mate. So you, he worked, I'm sure he worked out by the week back to front. So I'm guessing it's Wednesdays or it's a Sunday, but if the pattern did not fall right, you weren't allowed to do anything. I'm, I'm, I don't know if whether it was like a holy day or like a, a blessed day or whatever. He seen this day as, but if the pattern didn't fall right, you were not allowed to do anything. And I swear to God, like the pattern was like, honestly, it was a random day. It was like a Tuesday. So nobody, nobody for a year and a half guessed what this pattern actually was. It was, it still baffles me to this day. A game, was on the sat- a, game, a game was on the Saturday, but the pattern was on the Tuesday. That, I, I don't know. No one ever asked, like, what's this pattern? Every day, what is the pattern? So he's like, the pattern is so you say, yeah, the day after, yeah, this is the Monday, this is the Tuesday, the Tuesday is the pattern. And everyone was like, well, well, no, surely Sunday is the pattern. Surely Sunday is the day that you have your rest and you, you go again. They like, no, no, Tuesday, Sunday is the day for active recovery. I, I honestly I still don't know this day. It was only one day off a week. And, uh, if we were lucky, we were in a lot, you know. The, the, the pattern, <laughs> the pattern didn't let, didn't allow him many days off. It was, yeah, I guess when you're at a club like Rangers and it's like under that pit, you need you need time away from the place, don't you? Do I? I think I think he, he got caught up in like being at the club every day, every day, work, 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 work. I remember coming back from pre-season, mate. We we're doing like triple sessions at seven in the morning. Yeah, I'd to like six o'clock, in for six, train, breakfast, train, lunch, train. He was he was he was overly obsessed. I think. Um, what was he when he was like making comments in the media about the dogs and the caravans and that? Like, what what are you saying? What, what are you saying? <laughs> at that point, at, at that point, thinking what chance we got. If he he's gone, we're gone. Do you know what I mean? Like, if he's if he's comparing cats and dogs to caravans or whatever he's doing, like, it was that's that's when I think he he realised like he's he's struggling to cope with all this going on because you he, he was. Clearly, on one, he's just a madman. When he like took them back, <laughs> the dogs in the caravan, like, would he give him use voice speeches like that? He, mate, he used to like I, I've told you, like, he, with the ball stuff, he used to relate random stuff to, to like bills. You compare like players to, and I, I can't even remember. He used to compare players to, like just random events at certain times in, in life and stuff like that. And everyone's like, well, how do you compare the person to like an event that happened 30 years ago in your country? Like, I, I don't get it. And yeah, honestly, I, I think he just, he was just so complex and caught up in his, in his way. He just, he just didn't make, he didn't make any sense, mate. <laughs> but see, the thing is, so me like, and on this madness, like you scored 16 goals that year. Like, so did yeah. the your game that you improved or was it just, it was a good season for you? Um... <sighs> No, I, I I think it was like kind of I had a good I had a good I was enjoying playing like a scoring goals and stuff. I don't think he necessarily necessarily proved me as a player. He, he had a lot of faith and there's a lot of trust in us because he played us played us in a lot of games. I just think it was just I, had, I don't know, but I, I think I was still going off what I learned from from Warburton and playing that style of playing. We were still when we played good football. It was, it was from the previous pattern of players that we were doing from the previous manager. Do you know what I mean? So we're still creating. Chances and opportunities, and, and I'm known as scoring a few pens up in Scotland, so I think there's penalties as well. So, <laughs> what about see, just on like coaching wise, training was training strange as well. Yeah, it was, it was long, it was very continental, long days, patterns of plays. Yeah, I remember them being out there for a long time, being drained, coming in like it was, it was tough. 
Right, why'd you leave Rangers, mate? Uh, reason behind it. Did you want to stay? Um, I, 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 would, I would like to have stayed, but I spoke to I spoke to Pedro actually, and he brought in he brought in Alfredo. He brought in um, what did the guy called the other striker, the big guy? Uh, he brought in him. Um, Dalcio came in and. He said, he said to us, listen, now I see these two ahead of you. I said, well, to be honest, I disagree with that. I feel like I'm better than, than, than one of them. Like, I feel like I should still be part of it and play and prove wrong. He's like, well, I appreciate that, but there's an opportunity for it to go. Do you want to go? And I said, well, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're telling us that I'll not play as much. No, it's because we had the European games, didn't we? We played we had the first leg. and the sec- I didn't play the second leg. You played off right on the second leg. And uh, I can't forget, I forgot the other guy's name at the time. But no, he was in the half, wasn't he? God, also. I remember you're talking about, I remember you're on. Yeah. So then he came on, I think. Herrera. Herrera, yeah, yeah, Herrera, that was in. Then he came on, so I went to see him, I said, listen, I, I feel like I, I done, we didn't win the first leg, we drew, but I feel like I've done well, why didn't I play? He's like, well, I, I say these two ahead of you, like, these are my signs now. I said, well, I feel like I could still, like, do a job for you, like I'm. I'm feeling like I'm good enough for the team. And he said, "There's a team. There's a team interested in you." Like, I feel like these two are going to be me, me two main strikers. And if you want to go, you can go. I was like, "Well, if that's the way it is, then I, I'm not going to sit around and try and force you to do something that you don't want to do." Then I'll go play. I, I understand that. Like, at least I appreciate you being honest with us. Some others are just kind of dragged us along and just kept us there from the right. Do you know what I mean? So. Do you like being disrespectful? Was, was that Dalsale and Herrera Miles off it like, compared to your, yourself? Huh? Personally, I feel so, yeah. I feel like they were, they were nowhere near it. I, I kind of reflect on how many games they played and how many goals they scored. I feel like I could have done a better job. And it would be nice. I feel like me and Alfredo, Alfredo was really raw at the time. We scored a lot of goals. I feel like when we were training together and training, we worked quite well together. Do you know what I mean? It would have been, yeah. it would have been quite a good, a good partnership, I feel. But that's just the way it is and at that time I wasn't playing there was an opportunity to move and I was struggling a bit mentally as I've made, as I made a way so I thought maybe it's the, the time to move on and get a new challenge So was it still a bit emotional to leave a, a club besides Rangers? Yeah I was, I was good to be honest obviously it's a massive club um, I, I personally feel like I didn't achieve enough what I set out to do I feel like I could have done a lot more I could have won a lot more and if I had the opportunities to, to do so I would have maybe Done a lot better. Um, injuries, um, off-field issues kind of had an effect and maybe it was the, the time for me to go, but don't get us wrong. I, I, I was sad to leave the place. I was leaving good friends behind. I made a lot of good lot of good friends here. I love playing for the club. I love playing for the for the stadium, in front of the fans of the stadium. You know what I mean? It's, it's somewhere that I, you'll never, not many people often get to say that they've played and, and done so. So it was always going to be sad. It was difficult, but... I had to make the decision and, and, and move on. Right, mate. So you go for Pedro to big Mike McCarthy, who is a total character. I love him. Any good yeah. Mike McCarthy stories for us? Um, I, I don't, to be honest. I, I, I heard a lot about him. You see the videos and stuff from online and whatever. But you, you, when I got there, I, I got a completely different impression about him. I was thought he was going to be this this madman, do you know what I mean? But what, what a nice guy. He, he was very laid back, very calm, very relaxed. And is, he, is he laid back in camera? Re- really, really surprised. I was thinking, I'm, I, I remember going there 
And um, so I, I, remember, I remember saying that I, I left, me, I left Glasgow at two o'clock in the morning. I had, I had a seven-hour drive there, switched to Dublin Medical. So um, I remember driving down there. I was absolutely not going. He's like, well, "Are you ready to travel?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "I've only just I've travelled nine hours. I'm knackered. I'm not." He's like, "No, no, you're travelling. You've got got a match tomorrow. Like gluten in the cup. I need to I need to play." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." He's like, but he like, pulls it off. He's like, "Don't worry." Everything's gonna be alright. I know you've had a, like a, an indifferent year, so I, I've looked you for a number of years. Whatever I've always watched you, and just just go and play your game. And I thought he was gonna be a lot more intense and like expect a lot more, a lot demand a lot more. So I'm quite relaxed with him, have a good chat, play a game, and then come the, come the weekend. So we used to do um, like a, an over young on a, on a Friday before the before the game. And um, so for the first time, sorry, I say, oh, can I have the number nine shirt? Like, I, I see myself as a striker, I want the number nine shirt. It's like, yeah, yeah, like, it's a, it's a big number. Like, are you prepared to play? I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, it's fine, it's only number to me. So, like, in the next the next week, we're doing all the young. And um, the, the old team gets absolutely battered. I've missed a couple of chances. And this is before I even make my debut. And then he goes, he pulls us, he pulls us in his office. He's like, do you think that's good enough? I was like, what? He's like, your performance on that today. I was like, um, I, I didn't really think about it. To be honest, like, it was absolutely crappy. And if you think my number nine's performing like that for me, then you got another thing coming. I was like, oh, oh shit, I best put my finger on shit. Do you know what I mean? Wow. But then, yeah, like that's kind of how it was. And like, I, I kind of never looked back with my relationship with him. And you, you mate, what, what, a, what a top guy he is. I've got nothing but high praise to say for me. Really, really good guy. See, see when you go for like 55,000 every week, that intensity, is it? Is it yeah. easy? So I'm, I'm going there every day, you're like, it's a very family orientated club, not much like stick or abuse fans and just turn up, support you and go home and it was it was a complete contrast and probably at the time it's probably what I needed to get away from the the, the animosity and the drama and everything that come with playing for Rangers and the times I was going through we won't play for a club that just kind of bears stability the manager has got a style of play I kind of fit into that and it was a very family oriented club and it worked perfectly for me and me, my wife and me and my son to go down there and feel settled straight away so it kind of it worked out I can't can't thank them highly enough because it kind of got me to to move in where I am now uh, and he quit quite dramatically after the game in April. What were the players? Can you, can you talk us through when he quit? Do you remember him quitting? Yeah, it was bizarre. He pulled it. So we were clapping the fans off him. I remember a couple of times he was getting a lot of stick in the press or the fans were on him, whatever. We played Brentford away and he was meant to come on the coach and all the fans are waiting for him to have the board him and give him a bit of stick. But he's he's pulled off in his car like on the other side of the stadium and he pulled in on the on the money thing, I, th- I think I'm. I think I'm going to leave. I think I'm done. Like I don't deserve. I don't deserve this. Like it's it's unacceptable. And um, it's it's the next game, the midweek game where we're playing. I can't remember we're playing, but he pulls one the the pitch on the, the full time and has the the meeting after the game. And he goes, "That's that's me, lads. I'm done." And we're like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, like that's that's my last game. So we won't go in." And um, he goes, "Yeah." That's that's my time done. Yeah, they're just like so. Like what you're leaving? He's like, yeah. I'm going next week I'm done and everyone's like that is the most bizarre resignation leaving of a club I've, I've ever met but he, he kind of he wore his heart on his sleeve he's like I don't deserve this like you, you players don't deserve this he, he, he kind of 
respected us enough to say, news are going out there, we can reach out in front of fans that are giving me a stick and I shouldn't put that on to you. That your fans want to change and now I'll do that for the fans, I'll do that for the club and I'll do that for the owner. And most importantly, you as players deserve a bit of respect and a bit of support from the fans. And if they are going to give that, then I'll leave and hopefully they can, they can push these on because there's a group of players who deserve that. And a lot of the a lot of the people in Ipswich, I don't think, realise how, how good he was for the club. And, that's what I was going to say. Probably the worst decision he done. Yeah, you worked on a budget for so long and the players he recruited, just because who he was and the personality he was, he brought so many good players to the club that essentially they couldn't probably have got without him. And you look at, look at the grasses and all green as it says, it's, it just went backwards ever since. Uh, and you scored 16 goals again, mate. I love those 16 goals. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 16 goals in the champ, mate. Do you know you're getting a move ahead? Like, did your agent say, you're a good man? Yeah, he was like, if you, had double, if you had 15 goals, I can I can get you moved. But at, at that point, that wasn't really the forefront of my mind. I'd moved to get settled again and, and settle somewhere and enjoy my football. But then when when the gaffer left, it was, um, I was like, I've, I've, I've got an opportunity to leave here. And if it comes across, then... I looked into it and it was one of them times where the manager had left would brought in. I think a lot of players were kind of out of contract at the time, so the, the team was going to change again. Mm. And I didn't know how it was gonna how it was gonna sit. Then obviously we brought in we brought in Paul Hurst who had his own way of playing again, wanted to bring in a lot of a lot of players and a lot of players left and it just wasn't it just wasn't kind of where where I seen myself and where we were where the year before. And then obviously Derby and, and, and Frank Lampard came in and from when, when I heard of that interest I was like that's me done I've, I've, got, I've got to go I'm out of here Mate it's mad for any young player watching this like you can go for a year and Dalcio and Herrera are ahead of you <laughs> a year later signing for 9 million quid it's, so, it's mental isn't it How- Yeah it's, it's crazy and uh, I think that's kind of that's why I've got, I've got to give my family, myself, and the move a bit of credit because it, it gave me a platform to get to go and play and, and go and enjoy enjoy playing as a striker and, and scoring goals and do what I do and it gave me a, it gave me the opportunity to, to go and do that. That's why I think that like uh, Mick uh, the gaffer for giving me that chance to go and play and, and do that and it's 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 where I am now because of that opportunity to go and move and, and, and do that really. Be honest, you see when you hear it's nine more, you're buzzing at her. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it, it was nice. It was nice. Obviously, the when I heard of the the, the fee coming in, obviously that's that's not obviously my my decision. Obviously, the, the chairman from Ipswich had a had a, a fee in mind, and the the clubs got agree on that. And obviously, I, I just wanted to get it done. I spoke there. I spoke to front on the phone a couple of times. Like, sorry, what was he like when you first spoke to him on the phone? Oh, mate, I, I had this. I had a text from agent saying, "Oh, the Frank's going to call you. Want to speak to you?" But I didn't know when, where or where it was going to be, so I was waiting for my phone. I went to play. I went to play some golf. So I'm I'm putting for a birdie. I like I'm thinking oh, I'm gonna get I get a phone call. I'm thinking oh god it's fine. I can't I can't hang out for a birdie. So I I, I, I pick up. He's like oh hi hi Waggy it's um, it's Frank and I'm thinking oh god like yeah cousin yeah where do I sign where how how do I how do I get up there and honestly you just you dead open. He's like I seen you play last year. I seen what you done. Um, I spoke to the manager about you. You, you, were, you seem to be a great lad, and we wanted at the club. We're just trying to get it over the line, and kind of that was it, really. And within a, within a matter of days, I was I was up in Derby, and, and the deal was done. 
I always wanted to ask you this. See, when you sign for practice, do you, do you get to go to his house and have dinner or that? Nah? <laughs> no, I've never once signed for a manager and went to his house and had dinner or a glass of wine. I'll take it. It would be nice to, nice to have a glass of nice, nice red every now and then to be on the spot. No, I've never, I've never went to anybody's house or like that. What, uh, what about him as a manager? Is he, is he top class? I mean, it just his knowledge of the game and again how he played the game and how he and how he wanted to play football kind of was so to me. It was kind of like a similar philosophy to to Warburton, high press, high tempo, play football, and. I fit in. I fit in into that bill. Um, don't get us wrong. I, st- I started really slowly. Actually, I I, I was in and out of the team. I, I probably wasn't as much fit as what I thought I was. I played a lot of pre-season, but to the level that he wanted us to be, I probably wasn't at it. And I had a I had a chat with him in, in one of the breaks and said, I'll, "I'll work harder. I need to do what I can to get the team." And this, I kind of never looked back since. He was he was dead open to. Oh, wait, sorry, to you went to him and said that. Yeah, I hadn't played much. I was like, "What do you need us to do to get the team, and what do you want us to do to, to get to get in, in your plans?" Really, he said, "Just keep doing what you're doing, work a bit harder, and, and, and time will come." But again, we we again were fortunate. We had, we had good players in front. We had um, big big David Nugent, who is he's a good friend of mine. Who I was fighting with. We just signed Jack Maria too, and scored goals. And the the team was doing well, so I tried to be patient and wait for my time and. I got I got the opportunity and I never kind of and never kind of looked back. And then the playoff final, mate. Like again, yeah, another year later, two years ago, Rangers with Dalcio yeah. in the Premier League. How how hard is it to lose in a in a championship final? Yeah, it was it was very difficult because again we're we're doing it the hard way. We we give ourselves a mountain to climb in the in the in the semi-finals and. To, to come through that, it was incredible. What what a what a game! What that obviously Ellen Road is a that stadium filled with history, and to go there after all the kind of dynamics they had done throughout the season, giving it a, giving it a big in and stuff like that. It was nice to go and nice to go and get the win there and, and turn them over. But again, I feel like the game was there to be taken on in the final, and we kind of let that one slip, unfortunately. Sorry, I'm going off script here as well. I'm just fascinated to know. See when like the spy thing happened, we was yeah. He's raging. He's raging. All the way because it was just like it, it's it's it, the lowest of the lowest spying on the team to spying on the team to get tactics and we we made a wave that they've done it like numerous times and we, it was like a I don't know in football it's like it's a bit unsportsmanship in it to go and spy on that position. We just wanted to turn them over so much. It was. In the back of our minds, we need we need to beat these because the way are they're an they're an arrogant team. The way they played, they thought they'd kind of done it. The way they beat were at our pace, and then thought they could turn up on that days and just turn them over. It was it was it was nice to nice to do them over. Mate, we're, we're, we should Lampard, mate. Did he join in as well? Oh, mate, we went nuts. Obviously, we be as everything after the game in the gym room. We got back home. We went. We, we, we got back to the pub. We kept the pub open. We were there all night, mate. It was. It was, it was some party, like, it was, it was decent. When he's having a beer in that way, does he tell you about the Chelsea stories? Nah, he, he, he wasn't, he's not that kind of, not that kind of person. If you, if you asked him, you could speak to him and tell you about it, but he was, he was just, he was dead, dead normal about it. He, he'd appreciated, like, kind of what he'd achieved and what he'd done, but he never, I remember, I remember scoring me, me 100th goal in the, in the, in the chat, in the, in the football career. I, I can't remember who it was against. He was like, oh, well done, Waggy, like, Good achievement that he's like, 
come back to the Nisco 200 in the Prem. Cheers, Gaffer. I appreciate that. But no, he's, he's like he's just like a dead normal, dead normal guy who just wanted to play football in the right way. And it kind of, I think the Leeds thing, what you he was posting about it, it was something that he wanted to do and turn them over. We kind of kind of celebrating in the, in the right way. Was he in training? How was Lampard in training? Joining the yeah. He, yeah, he was class. Couldn't get the ball of him. <laughs> he'd, he'd join in like you'd be like a floater or like a spare man, and you'd just pop the ball on before the lads are chasing shadows at times. It was it was tough, but like his his finishing and his technique was was a joke. He was he could hit the ball alright. To be fair, them could hit it well. Oh, what a strike! What a striker of the ball. And then another big name, Philip Cocker. He played for some big all midfielders as well. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. have you under him, mate? Yeah, Joe, it was not too dissimilar in terms of the style of play. I think that's kind of what the, the owner wanted to bring in. Somebody who had the same philosophy, play football. Um, another another person who had a great uh, great pedigree, great, great career, footballing career. And for us to go from someone like Lampard to Cogge, it was, it was another big name. It was, it was excitement for the club. And uh, when, he, when he first came in, it gave everybody a buzz. He wanted to play football. Everyone had a fresh start, clean state. And... He wanted to play football in the right way, which is good for me. He wanted to press, he wanted to press high, work hard. And that kind of how I, how I played the previous couple of years in the, in the Mick and, 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 and the Gaffer. So for me, it was it was a way to just keep progressing again and, and, and learn from another another top player. And again, I mean, this is one of my favourite players of all time, Wayne Rooney, man. Like, yeah. For me, most underrated player ever, eh? Yeah, I remember, I remember we were, I think it was the first game of the season, right, we we just played played on the field goal on Twitter and everyone gets like this notification saying, oh, Derby and talks to sign Wayne Rooney and everyone's like, nah, come on, that's that's bad for that. That's got to be one of them fake accounts, whatever. And then we're, like, a couple of days later, we'll start bonding with the, with the, with the coaches saying, oh, is that, is that Rooney going in? Is he, is he on his way? And he's just like, I don't know, maybe. And then, like, do like little stuff like this starts dropping. Then, then we see we see a press conference of um, of Waza <laughs> signing for Derby. And like, how on earth have we managed to, <laughs> to get to get Wayne Rooney at Derby? But yeah, for, for me being a United fan, going up and watching him, watching him go uh, up as a player was was incredible to see him. Team come in and, and train with a day in day out was 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 was, was class. Has he, has he done stuff that you just thought, wow? Me, you, 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 you would, you would play passes where you would think that's not even on. Like you, you do something with his, I don't know, with his head or his foot, and it would be like, how have you even seen that first and foremost? Never mind, done it. I think it's just like that's how he got to the highest level of just thinking on a different level and seeing the game in different ways where other people don't. Zings everything, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But now, like he's he's obviously changed position now to to where he was. 10, 10 years ago or so and just dictates play, gets the ball. It just it get it gets the ball going for us, keeps the game ticking, makes makes clever passes and movements and just he's someone that you can just trust with the ball when you're in a difficult situation. So for us, with a lot of the young kids coming through, he's been invaluable in terms of helping them progress into the first team. Uh, do, sorry I keep talking about him, but does he does he can he crack up? Like if your people are not to stand there? Yeah, mate. He, he, he's, done, he's done it quite a few times. I remember we're getting away, getting beat to, to looping away, and we're no sorry, we were winning. And then the last five ten minutes, we lose two goals to lose three two. 
and he just he, <laughs> he boots like where the tea's in the coffee oh, he boots the table and like this coffee flask goes all over one of the coaches and like the coffee's like dripping off his nose and his top lip and like I'm, I'm, I'm pissing myself I'm, like obviously the looters dressing room's tiny and like it's there and there I'm thinking don't get caught laughing so I'm putting my top like this and, the, and like this coach is like non-descended green with Waza like this coffee and milk dripping all over his grid like off his jacket and everything but he's, he's done it quite a few times like he just demands the best from everyone again if, if people aren't people aren't willing to, to work on he, he, he takes them out in games and stuff like don't get us wrong with training he's not that he's not that aggressive and he's not that vocal in, in terms of digging people up on match days when, when he's playing and wants to win then he has, he has to go on people when, when they're not ready but that made that coffee cup it was the funniest thing ever. He's done. <laughs> so he's undergoing like all the outdoor, like the iPads and the tactics that they dredge in this coach. It's like so serious of just milk dribbling off his nose. He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, Waza, that's mate, so Waza, he's so true there, like this coffee and everything dribbling all over protein, protein bars all over his grid. <laughs> have you have you boxed him yet now? Does he do the boxing? No, nah, no, nah, I've not boxed him yet. I might, oh, I might give, I might give, I might give the go now he's a bit older. <laughs> uh, right, mate, just the future. What um, Desperate to get to the Premier League, drink your debt one day? Hopefully. Um, I, th- I think with, with, the, with the club that we are, we're set up to be, to be a Premier League club. The, the facilities, the stadium, the training ground that we've got, um, the staff that we've got, the players, we've got a real good mix. Is is a goal in my career. It's always kind of where I want to be. I want to get a chance to get back in the Premier League and give it, give it another go. And what about after football? You want to be a manager? No, I don't. I don't think I'll be a manager. My, my wife and that have said about me being a coach, but I think I'll just take a break for a while. I would go like the. Uh, my wife's studying to be a to be a lawyer, so hopefully she. Oh, can you're sorted, mate. She can take the reins for a few years, so I can get myself on the golf course and get me get behind the cap down. But I think I'll probably just take a break for a year or so, assess everything and. Like I say, hopefully she, she, can do, she can do the rest of the work for four or five years. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. guys, I think £12 million per minute. Yeah, that's, 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 me, the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.